Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Caicedo, greater than Immobile. Hey, how you doing Frank? <laughs> throwing a little shade, throwing a little shade at our buddy uh, Jerry. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. How you doing this night? He's going to need to be better than Immobile tomorrow, isn't he? <laughs> he is, he is. For, it's a uh, big game, big game. Oof for any kind of prayer so um so uh how's it going it's going well man it's uh yeah it's been a lot of craziness going on in the football world um milan you know they show up sometimes sometimes they don't uh we saw in european games where they do show up and then you see in uh and syria where they're still struggling uh it seems like uh so yeah other than that though i'm good man how about you i'm good i'm good uh i'm completing my uh 46th trip around the sun uh, tonight, so tomorrow's my birthday. <laughs> so, uh, the, turning the turning forty six years old, or uh, the uh, silver anniversary of my twenty first birthday. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, twenty five years later, I still don't remember what happened. <laughs> cheers! Cheers! Right on. Yep. So, salute. Salute. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just for that, um, just for that, we're going with the Guinness uh, in honor of St. Patrick's Day and on my birthday, and it's just it's what i drink on my birthday i've kind of made a tradition out of it so the hey, uh, those, st patty's day you might as well i mean who doesn't who doesn't do that come on the local beers are uh, are set aside for now uncle sharma tyler sharma chow good to have you guys here you're here for my rant uh, you're gonna have to wait a little bit for that but the sharma I promise, brothers i <laughs> promise you it's coming i promise you it's coming i have got some not so nice things to say and i've got to just work really really hard to make sure i don't name names mm. uh that's that's about as much as i'm going to uh that's I have a comment myself about the Inter game, but we'll get to that when we get to that game. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we could talk about that too. Pazzo yeah. Inter showed up. I made that. I did say. I did make that suggestion. I said. Uh, yeah. I said, I'm not like going. I'm not going out of my way to expect it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Pazzo Inter turning up against. Uh, uh, turning up against Torino so yeah luckily for them they play Torino so yeah yeah <laughs> it did show up for a little bit <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, you know, but nonetheless, we can talk about that. Milano Miguel in the house. Hola, Milano. Uh, Miguel, hey. Miguel is uh coming here because he just needs to get his brain cleansed after spending all that time with Jerry and Alex on Calcio Connection. <laughs> so I think he just, you know, he's trying to try to get welcome back. Welcome back, Miguel. I know you need to get right. So, uh, good to have you back with us. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely great spot with him and with Alex and Jerry on Calcio uh, Connection, by the way. Uh, so. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We are not alone tonight, Frank. Our guest is stuck on the uh, highway from Napoli. It, you know, it's a, it's about a little long of travel here, so he'll be on with us shortly, hopefully. Yes, we do have a guest. We're not kidding you here. Uh, so we're right now just trying to um, stall the time until we can get him on. Just some uh, some reboot issues, uh, but uh, but nonetheless, he'll be joining us uh, momentarily. And of course, we are talking about our friend uh, Rafa Rispo from. Uh, far from Vesuvius, uh, figured a uh, great time to get um, uh, Rafa on board to review uh, Milan and Napoli. Uh, that took place on Sunday, a huge game in terms of uh, the shape, Richard, of uh, how the top four could possibly shake out 
uh, you know, Napoli's uh, intentions of trying to get back in it. Uh, you know, Milan trying to hang on to a top four place of any kind and maybe still even put some kind of pressure on Inter for the title. Uh, so uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we will uh, review uh, the rest of match week 27. Uh, plenty of goals. Uh, by my count, there was uh, seven. I can't count that high. Neither can you. 35. There were 35 <laughs> no, goals. Okay. okay, not bad, not bad. Not a record, but not yep. bad at all. 35 goals, so we will uh, uh, get through every goal uh, of match week 27. Uh, you know, Pick our goals of the week. Uh, give a little bit of a European roundup. It will be a pretty quick one. Um, and uh, we will finish off, of course, with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter? Uh, find out which tweets uh, made the cut for us this week and pick the best of that lot. I guess while we're waiting for Rafa Richard, let's get into today's Champions League game. Atalanta uh, traveling to the uh, Stadio Alfredo Di Stefano, not the Bernabeu, um, uh, to play Real Madrid, second yeah. leg. We talked about a, a goal to nil down, uh, but that their saving grace was throughout the group stage. What did they do? They won all three of their road matches. They won at Ajax. They won at Liverpool. They won at Midtjylland. Okay, Midtjylland's not as daunting. Um, <laughs> but we thought that that might be their saving grace here, that uh, this is why they were still in it with a shot, despite giving up the away goal and going into Spain behind by a goal to nil. Uh, so um, Gasparini again picks a lineup where – this time it's not Zapata and and Ilicic out of the starting eleven. Did that catch you by surprise? You know everything. Everything Gasparini does catches me by surprise because I can never guess what he's going to do. Uh, logic tells me he's going to go with his best eleven, and he rarely does. It's uh, you know he is dealing on two fronts. It's understandable, but every time you think you have him pegged and know who's going to start, he just turns turns it around and puts random people in uh, to his liking. I mean they're they're all good. They're all serviceable, but just like not what you predict. So. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly did throw me for a loop on that one. I mean, how about you? Did it? I mean, it just every time, like I said, every time you think it's you know what's going to happen, it's it's he throws something else at you, and you know, I guess it's for good reason. I I would have thought he would have started the game with both Colombians up front. I mean, I think a player like Zapata, where you can have his physicality and and create some problems for that center back pairing. You have Sergio Ramos just coming back. Mm. Um, you have Rafael Varane who tends to trip over himself in these, in these kind of games he did last year. Um, you know, so I, I thought puts, and especially when you're going to need goals and you're going to need to put some pressure on Real Madrid, uh, you know, to just go ahead and go with those guys straight away where Zapata could occupy them. You have Muriel running off and doing different things. And then, you know, I, I could live with Ilicic not starting if you started those two and having Malinowski provide the service. Um, but uh, it was a, a strange decision, and it only could tell me is that um, Gasparini just chose to go for the more cautious approach um, yeah. and uh, said, all right, we're only a goal down. We're going to manage our way through this. We want to try to get to a certain stage of the game where it's still nil-nil and then have a go at them. And then it just didn't uh, It just didn't work. And part of that was just the calamity, Atalanta trying to play out of the back. And once again, Sportiello makes another terrible mistake. Uh, Modric pounces on it. Uh, runs into the box with it and then finds Benzema uh, to make it 1-0. And then all of a sudden, you know, those plans just all of a sudden go awry. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're playing a team of Real Madrid's elk, some a team that knows who's been there, who knows how to you know take their chances. You don't want to give them these opportunities. You know, you want to let them beat you, not you beat yourself. Um, and you know what a what a striker Benzema is, right? He's so it seems like he's so underrated. I mean, everyone knows who he is, but he continues to perform week year in and year out. Uh, he's in the right place at the right time. You know, takes a shot very well. And uh, yeah, it's it's Atalanta. <laughs> Not doing so much Atalanta things. It's just terrible, terrible turnover. Um, not the place you want to give a turnover, right? And uh, yeah, Real Madrid took full advantage of it. And you know, pretty much when that goal was in, you, you knew the the tie was over because it just it didn't seem like Atalanta were doing Atalanta things up to that point. So, well, I mean, it, it felt to me like that that was just emblematic of or symbolic of uh, how Atalanta played all game. Yeah. When they needed something in certain situations and in possession, they gave the the ball just got given away. Um, you know, it was a lost touch here, or it was a heavy pass there, or an under 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 hit pass this way, or you know something to that effect. And you know, I I just didn't find this Atalanta to be in rhythm. I don't think there was anything that Real Madrid did that was glamorous, that was glorious. Um, I'll go so far to say the best player in this game was Luka Modric. Um, when you consider. Um, Alex, Alex Gracia in the house. Uh, but when you consider, you know, the void that is left with that Real Madrid setup with Casemiro not playing that that was an area that I thought Atalanta could get at, you know, with some efficiency, you don't have his tackling, you don't have his ball winning, but Luka Modric for me picked up the slack in that area, but also, you know, got the assist there for, um, uh, for Benzema, but also when he got the ball, was very comfortable with it, was very confident with it, and uh, really was was dangerous every time he got it. And for me, was the best player in this game, uh, and you know, and made up for Casemiro's absence. And I thought that that was another big thing that Atalanta didn't take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, you're you're potentially facing you know one of the most experienced midfields uh, in this generation, right? And yep. uh, you know, not having Casemiro in that lineup helps you. You should take advantage of that. And you know, Milan, uh, Milan. Uh, Atalanta did not take advantage of it whatsoever. And you know, to to the credit of the of the Real Madrid players, you know, they they each you know did what they had to do. And you know, Ramos is doing Ramos things. And you know, they found a way. And they were you know they were clinical with their opportunities. And it was a, a good win over two legs by them. I thought the first leg was really a more 50-50 game where either team could have won it. Honestly, I think if you know Elicic maybe started the game, he probably they probably had a better chance. But plus that red card early on didn't help. Um, but in the second leg, it was pretty much you know you could tell who was the better of the two teams. So uh, the better team did move on in this one, and so uh, at least it was a little closer than that City Gladbach game, I guess, right? So, yep, yep, that's for sure. I mean, well, City obviously comfortable with uh, with knocking out Gladbach. Yeah. Um, so. Atalanta loses. They ultimately lose three one. They do get a goal from Muriel. It you know was like in the eighty third minute, so it was probably too little, too late. Unless Real Madrid was just going to self destruct the rest of the way, which they didn't. They ended up getting a third goal, yeah. effectively putting the tie away, and pretty much effectively ending Serie A's um, uh, presence in the Champions League. Uh, and I'm saying that with a game tomorrow. I mean it's. <laughs> Yeah, Lazio go to Bayern Munich, but they go four-one down. Um, and you know, I think Inzaghi said something in the effect of the press conference said we're going to go there, we're going to play an aggressive game, and we're going to take our chances. And to which I say, okay, six goals from Bayern tomorrow, easy then. If that's what you're going to do, I'm sorry. It's this. I mean, it's four-one. You'd have to win at least by four goals. 
at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a daunting task for sure. Is it is it is it doable? Yeah, I mean we've seen so many other great comebacks uh, in in Champions League history in recent history, but yeah. the optics tell you you're facing the reigning champions who have been doing their thing uh, in in Champions League specifically, but also in in the Bundesliga. Doesn't look great for them, you know the prospects. So you you can almost chalk us up as an L after last yeah. game. So hearing a little birdie that. Uh... Hansi might leave after this season if they, especially if they win another Champions League, that he could be the guy that uh, takes the Germany gig. Yeah, um, that is a rumor. There's, there's rumors that Flick and I was listening to this this morning uh, on SiriusXM. Flick and uh, you know, and I'm not trying to turn this into Bundesliga radio, but um, Flick and uh, 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 Sali Sounds like there's a rift and they're not getting along. If I'm, if I'm in the front office for Bayern and I've got this manager that's doing this job and having this team playing this, I'm leaving them the fuck alone. <laughs> I mean, but this is this is the problem with world football. I mean, you got guys in the front office with with managers and they want to get into these big dick contests, and all of a sudden, what happens, right? We've seen this in Serie A as well, right? It just for some reason they wanted to have this competition, pissing contest to see who's yeah. bigger, and it doesn't make sense. Like, why are you going to mess with something that works well? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we thought we were going to have this early on in the season with Inter and Conte, right? Uh, but they kind of seem to figure things out, and uh, things are getting better for them. But uh, yeah, it never, it doesn't surprise me that some of these bigger clubs. Now, granted, Bayern are known to do this, and Real Madrid as well. Um, you know, Milan at times as well, and Inter obviously this year. Yeah. They had a pass, but yeah, still, it's just it always doesn't cease to amaze me how this always happens. So, yeah, so we'll see. Um, you know, and we all I think we'll cover the European roundup now while we wait for uh, while we wait yeah. for Rafa. So, yeah, um, you know, so we 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 just Lazio aren't reversing that. No, no, sorry, Jerry. So, you know, it's just not happening. <laughs> um, an achievement for them just to get to this stage, uh, especially. With everything better, that they had, it's almost a better chance that Inter come back and move on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's like um, you know, with everything that they went through through the group stage, with with all of the absences and still being able to accumulate the points to qualify was was very impressive. And I think that's a that's a feat in and of itself for Lazio. Um, yeah, they should not look. Uh, you know, just losing to Bayern is not a reason to hang your head down, right? You had an amazing season. You've done you've done so well. You're doing well in in the in, in Serie A so far. I mean, you could obviously do better. But you know what? You, what they've gone through this season, you know, with, with the COVID and the short-term players and this and that, you know, you got to give Inzaghi full credit for all the work that that he's done to keep this team together. Uh, they 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 went out of the group stages, you know, when no one thought they would, especially the conditions that they they were under, and they figured it out. And so, yeah, no, they're doing a splendid jobs and leave leave the Champions League with your head held high. That's what I'm gonna yeah. say. It's not like they're going out to Porto. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's what it is for Lazio. So, um, will I watch it tomorrow? I, it's nothing else on TV. I I might, I mean, I'll probably, probably watch the Chelsea Atletico Madrid game just because it's going to be more, it's more compelling, but yeah, you know, you watch it for at least, you know, the first couple goals. Once they, once a, once the avalanche starts happening, if it happens, then you switch off. You know, hey, maybe Lazio do pull a comeback and it may be, you know, be worth to watch it, but um, you never know. But, yeah. you know, definitely tune in for the start. Yep. See what happens. Yep. All right. But so I, I guess if there's a shred of opportunity now for Serie A to do something in Europe, it's going to be in the Europa League. Yes. Uh, Richard, we had uh, Milan 
bravely performing at Old Trafford and getting a 1-1 draw, uh, giving them the slightest of advantages for the second leg on Thursday at the San Siro. Roma uh, took care of Shakhtar Donetsk uh, quite surprisingly, in my opinion, impressively, 3-0. Yeah. And most yeah. importantly in that they don't get concede an away goal to Shakhtar uh, going back to the Ukraine. So it's a relatively sizable advantage for them heading back. Um, I, I like Roma's chances of going through. I think they're going to struggle a little bit on Thursday. I think they're going to lose the game, but I think that they're still going to have the aggregate total to go through. You know, I, I don't think Shakhtar are going to beat them by more than two, and they're going to have to beat them by three. Um, let, well, let's say four, because I think Roma can four, go there yeah. and get a goal too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, so I, I could see Shakhtar winning a 2-1 or 3-1 on Thursday, and – Roma's not going to be terribly bothered by it. Well, maybe if it's 3-1, they might be. Just because it'll get a little antsy at that point. But, yeah, no, no. I think, uh, you know, that was an impressive win by Roma, first off. Well, well done by them. I did not see that coming. I thought they would win, but um, to to get a win like that, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, I imagine Shakhtar's going to come out guns blazing, trying to trying to find a way to come back. And that's going to leave them exposed. And like you said, there, there's going to be chances for goals for Roma in this one. Yeah. Uh, but what you know, how Roma handles that pressure is is gonna be interesting. If they give up a goal early on, I'm like really early in the first ten minutes of the game. Let's let's watch that game and see what ha- see how Roma handle that pressure. But if they can hold off for like you know at least a half before starting letting the goals in, I think it'll be fine. I I, th- I agree with you. I think they're gonna they should win comfortably. Um, they'll probably lose the game. Uh, but I think they're gonna move on overall. No, but if it ends up three one, I mean, it'll be curious to see what their psyche is if they lose to a game where it gets closer than they sh- they should be. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think uh, they're going to be one of the uh, Serie A teams that move on, maybe one of the only ones. Yep. Well, we'll see because at the San Siro on Thursday, Milan, Manchester United, uh, a game that, um, well, let's face it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's gotten compelling all of a sudden. Uh, 1-1 uh, at Old Trafford, a, a, Sim- a Simon Kier goal late. Uh to get the away goal. And um, we talked about this. I think we talked about this on multiple platforms, uh, not just here on this podcast. If Milan were going to get an away goal with what they were trotting out there, that they were going to probably fall into it. They somewhat did. They get the late one there. Um, But you can't help but not be impressed with Milan's performance. They were the better team over the course of 90 minutes in that game. They outplayed Man United, should have gotten something out of it. Uh, beyond just a 1-1 draw. I mean, it's not that far-fetched to say that about their performance. Yeah, I mean, I think both teams, Milan certainly, you know, or United, they were lucky that United missed some opportunities, right? Some golden opportunities. But Milan, I think, were the better team in the, in the game. You know, we had uh, Hader Rubani on from the football masterclass, United fan, and he didn't even admitted, you know, you know, Milan did were the better of the two teams. Uh, that Kessie goal should have stand. It was a beautiful goal by him. Yeah. Uh, Leal had an opportunity, that goal taken away, where it was clearly offside, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but Milan's maturity in the midfield, they, I had not seen them pass like they did against United, against anybody. Right. Uh, they looked very mature, very opposite of what we saw against Napoli, which we'll get to uh, w- once Rafa's uh, brought on. But um, yeah, I thought Milan played an excellent game. I don't, I don't think, I can't think of one player that played poorly in that game. Um, Miette played with Cassie was obviously fucking a, a freaking beast. Um, but I mean, you know, Krunich did well. I thought Salamox was good. I mean, the whole team did well. Um, so yeah, good by them. And let's see what happens. Uh, you know, Milan with all this talk about Milan on the road are so good. United are actually a little bit better than Milan on the road. So that'll yep. be an interesting tale. And like you said, both teams should know, both families should know this is when you're in European competition this long, 
the scoreline is favorable for both teams. Obviously, Milan got the slight advantage with the way goal, but both teams are in it. You know, uh, no need to panic. Press the panic button. Just play your game, and the, you know the better team's going to win. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, Frank. Um, it is. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, one note here: Man United were able to bring back Marcus Rashford uh, at the weekend. You know, against West Ham, so he'll. <clears throat> you got to figure he's going to have some kind of role on Thursday. Milan are starting to get players back. Um, Ibrahimovic, Benacer are training with the group again. Um, Rebic is going to be involved because of what he did on uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, you can't. You're going to have to play him in the Europa League games now because he's not going to be available for the league games for a while. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, I'm going to put myself out there and say that Milan win this, um, and I'm going to go for two one. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a game. I this could possibly be an extra time affair. Um, this could be one one after ninety minutes, and then it goes to extra time. Um, so uh, I'll I'll give it to Milan. I'll give it to him slightly, just because for any other reason, just to see us get a, get a Serie A team through to the last state of a European competition. We know Roma's going to get there, but let's get two teams in there. Yeah, uh, Milan. I you know I I did predict uh, for those who are keeping track. Uh, Hater did predict United to win two to one, but I went with two one for Milan. So. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be two two Italian teams moving on. Um, definitely one for Roma, so we'll see. But I think it'll be a good game no matter what. So, excellent, excellent. Looks like our guest is here. He's here. Should we just bring him on now? He's here. It's no longer a myth. Let's uh, let's bring him in, uh, folks. Uh, <laughs> with us today. Love the hair. Um, Thanks, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I... <laughs> well, don't 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 apologize just yet. Let me bring you in. <laughs> so yeah. let me bring you in. We, we have this thing where guests start talking before I bring them in, and we get we kind of get twitchy. Ask Critty Smith about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is the co-host and writer for Far from Vesuvius, father of three best sons one could ask for, a barbershop salon owner, born and raised in Yonkers, New York. And I want to say this is his fourth cap with the Serie A sit down. Uh, yes, he could correct me if I am wrong, but we say ciao to Rafa Rispo. Long time, man. Long time. Long time, guys. Ciao. You I'm had so short sorry. hair last time we had you on. <laughs> I've had, I've had, I did, ha- I did have short hair. Yeah, and I, I probably had a shorter beard too. But yeah, yeah, that's true. No, guys, I, you know, I, I, um, I've been having a lot of trouble trying to connect here, and uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that my sound is okay and that my video is okay, that it's not like or anything because i'm running on the ipad i usually have this elaborate setup and of course when i want to come i'm so excited to be on your show that <laughs> everything goes wrong you blew a fuse as i as i set up but uh i've been here for about a half hour trying to get back on so it's nothing <laughs> it's nothing to be bring, it's, not, it's no, it's nothing to it's be okay, embarrassed about we get that a lot <laughs> yeah now that you bring me in my system seems to be working fine, so I just want to get out to come back in, and and look more official. But that's okay; we can we can work with this. <laughs> no, we can make it work. No problem, sir. No problem. Um, and I think uh, the, we we have not had you on since uh, you got engaged, either, as, as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, probably not. Uh, I got engaged in September 2019. Um, okay. Has it been that long? As we wedding, we were gonna have. Yeah, Richard, what the hell is wrong with us? We haven't had him on Uh, in a year. Lots of things are wrong with us, but you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> Go ahead, Rafa. I think the last time you had me on. No, that's okay. I think the last time you had me on was uh, the Milan. I think it was the one one, the 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 Milan Napoli one one uh, from last season, which was which was quite a while. It, it was. It's been a yeah. while. I mean, that was almost two years ago now, wasn't it? Um, Might be. But yep. yeah, no, it's all good. It's all shame good. on us. Uh, I've been I've been keeping in t- in touch. No, it's okay. I've been keeping on tab, keeping you guys in tabs, and like. You know, watching a lot and and listening to the podcast more than watching because just because I don't have the time, <laughs> you know. But uh, we're busy. I you got know, you man. guys I got uh, always do great. So, well, we uh, appreciate it. We we appreciate you coming on and uh, breaking down what went down on Sunday, Milan and Napoli. Uh, Richard, why don't we uh, why don't we talk why don't we talk through it here? Yeah, this is a, a certainly a game that you know we thought had a lot on the line, right? You know, Milan trying to stay, you know, keep pace with Inter somewhat, trying to hold off those Scudetto talks for Inter just for another week. Um, Napoli, on the other hand, trying to get back into the Champions League discussion. Uh, so this is a big game for both clubs. Um, looking at the lineups quickly in this one, uh, first uh, to start off with the uh, with the home team, Milan. Uh, they went with and uh, goal, obviously Donnarumma and goal. They went with a back four of Dalo, Tomori, Gabia, and Hernandez. Uh, do I see Steve Palillo anywhere? No, no. Okay. Midfield two, uh, holding midfielders of Tonali and Kessier with a front three attacking of Castillejo, Chalanolu, and Krunic, all led by Rafa Leao. Frank, uh, thoughts on the lineup uh, in this one? Obviously, Milan have a lot of injuries. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, were you were you okay with the lineup that came out there? What was your thoughts? Not really, um, because Chalanolu is not right since he initially got hurt. And I, 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 in, in this case with him, I'm not a fan of, of rushing him back. Um, you know, obviously he was a standout during the restart over the sure. summer. Sure. Okay. And he was a standout for the first half of the season. He came painfully close to, you know, making our squad there. If you know what, we ended up picking Mkhitaryan over him. Um, you know, so, but he he got hurt. He came back briefly, did not look great, and then got hurt again. And now he's coming back. So th- that was the one. And I know hindsight might be twenty twenty, but that was the one that I had an issue with. Um, you know, in terms of picking the first eleven, and we'll, we'll talk about a substitute a little bit later that I would like to see something different. Um, you know, and then the other issue was that I think Kyer would have started, but then ended up having a last second issue, which is why Gabia got the start. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that happens. That's part of football. So the next man has to be up and, and ready to go. Uh, I, I don't think Gabio was terrible, um, in this game. So, um, but I wasn't, uh, I, I, this wasn't the time, you know, Chalinolo has got, I, I think he's just got to get a hundred percent. He's that kind of player. He's just got to get a hundred percent right before he, he can get back out there again. That's just the way it is, you know, get fully fit, not have any, you know, nagging issues or anything like that. And I think that, you know, it's just not not somebody that I wanted to see out there for this game. Yeah, and he is uh he hasn't been playing well, you know, for a while now. But yeah, you you want to see him at least fully fit so at least gives you the opportunity to see, you know, if he can give you that seven and a half million dollars a year contract that he wants or not. Uh but yeah, you know, not rushing a guy out there before he's fully fit is is never a good thing. Um speaking of fully fit, a guy who is not going to be in the lineup for this one um, obviously, Gulam with a big, big injury tears his ACL for what for the third time. There's going to be obviously changes to the lineup for the Napoli lineup. So, looking at the lineup for the for the visitors, 
uh, Rafa, obviously in goal. You're going to have uh, Ospina in net. Uh, you guys went with the back four of Husay instead of Gulam, Kulabali, Maksimovic, and Di Lorenzo. Two, two holding midfielders of Demin and Ruiz, and then uh, attacking trio of Politano, Zielinski, and Insigne, all led by Dries Mertens. Uh, thoughts on the lineup first on Husay getting the, the start at left back, and then uh, overall with the lineup, what were your thoughts? So Husai has actually been starting at left back regularly for Napoli this season. Uh, he's normally a right back. He uh, he he's been a right back his entire Napoli career. Um, and for some reason this season he's been he's been really put he's been put on the left there. And um, you know he had uh, he had his bout I believe with COVID. I think he had a COVID issue and he also had an injury picked up. Um, uh, but his him coming back. Uh, really kind of coincided with Gulam's injury. Gulam had stepped in for him. Uh, he hadn't really been favored at all by by Gattuso. Uh, it's it's safe to say that Gulam, uh, even before the latest injury, his time was kind of dwindling down with Napoli. He hasn't been the same at left back as he was back in the days of Saudi, where he was one of the top left backs, maybe top three left back in the world. Uh, speedy, you know, he's linked up with Jorginho and and uh, Insigne or Hamsik uh, and, and Insigne, whatever the pair was, uh, so well. And um, uh, just you know, the injury to Gulam was very, you know, it was unfortunate because we were kind of seeing some really good, you know, crosses in from him, which, which we've been lacking. And uh, you know, his, his his game was getting a lot better from when he was injured for his previous two ACLs. Uh, just needed to pick the pace of it, and then just it's just went again. Uh, another another ACL, which is his third in five years, which is terrible. Uh, Musai coming in on the left, um, and, and he really was. I mean, now you know, uh, I'm on, I'm on the Raf and Raf rant too. That's another uh, uh, project of ours uh, at uh you know, uh, umbrella, and um, we do uh, in every post match we do a beast of the match, not necessarily the player of the match, maybe, but the beast of the match, somebody who who just showed the like never give up qualities. You know what I mean? And Husai got it for us this season, uh, th- this 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 game. I think he was tremendous in that position. Um, him and Insignia linking up all game. Uh, he just won balls left and right. The you know the, the action leading up to goal too. So you know I, I overall with the lineup I was happy with with uh, you know what we put out. Um, we had to put Mertens in to start uh, to provi- to provide to have Osimhen come off the bench and provide an extra spark for substitutions if we needed it later in the game. Being Salzano still out, we have no more Patania either. Uh, you know, he's been injured too. So uh, all in all, I think the, the lineup uh, suited Napoli very well. Richard, you're on mute. Yeah. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Uh, how often have I been doing this? You know, it's only been five years. Anyway, what I was saying is talking about Zelensky while well, I was talking to myself. Uh, Zelensky has been uh, playing more of a trecartista role, at least in this game. Uh, it's it's always good. To, it's always fun to see him play, right? Uh, and then seeing him more in an advanced yes. role. Uh, how 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 much better has he been for you in that role? Or is this a position you feel like could be his own uh, going going forward? Yeah, this is this is the position that I believe he needs to be in. Uh, uh, we also feel that way about Fabian. 
uh, us at the at the you know the podcast yeah. and then yeah. we feel like Fabian needs to be closer to goal because because his his when he's closer to goal he gets more shots off he's just more efficient um not not saying that over the past five or six matches uh you know he he's he's uh Fabian has been really well in his role as well but I just think that Zielinski for me Zielinski and I said this weekend, Zielinski is top uh uh top midfielder of the season for me, if you ask me. Uh, six goals and six assists, um, you know, he really does, you know, find a lot of, you know, open players. He finds a lot of shots outside the box, and, and you know, he's very comfortable in that role. So so if you ask me, I would prefer Zielinski there more than anybody right now, even though I think that Fabian is a fit in that position. That's a, that's a fair shot right there. Um, so let's you know let's get in right into the game here. Uh, the game actually you know started out pretty well for Milan. Uh, the first four minutes, Frank uh, Rafa Leao gets an opportunity, uh, a nice through pass by uh, Teo Hernandez, uh, finds a streaking Rafa Leao. Uh, he he gets an opportunity off, but uh, Ospina reads the play well, uh, gets a save. You know, both guys collide or whatever, but uh, a good early chance for Milan. Looked like the chances for them may be uh many when, when we saw that first pass come in what were your thoughts on the pass and then the attempt by Leao? i mean there's a positive start because you you know when you're looking at milan right now uh you're looking at a team at where is it going to come from where are the chances going to come from and you know having taylor hernandez back you know playing at the left back position i mean he's just he's so aggressive uh with going forward i mean to a default which um you know we'll talk about <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit um but he loves bombing forward. He loves getting into the penalty area. Um, he will combine with his midfielders and follow. And, you know, you'll see a lot of wall pass, give and go type stuff with him. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of overlapping with him. He's extremely dynamic. So having him and having him in that role was was helpful. And that aspect of Milan's attack was evident right off the bat. Uh, his presence was, was felt right off the bat with that chance, you know, you're you're playing a game of, of woulda coulda shoulda, you know, and you're talking about Liao being the striker, and you ask the question if that's Ibra, is that a goal? You know, um, you know that's uh, is it finished differently from a technique standpoint? It probably is. Uh, whether whether it's whether it's a goal or whether it's saved by Ospina or whether it even goes wide is is the question that would have to be begged to be asked. So. Um, but I, I liked the early intentions of Teo Hernandez going forward because I thought that that I thought that his presence put a lot of pressure on Napoli defensively. Yeah, you know it certainly did, and I think it kind of was a little bit of a wake up call to Napoli as well. Um, you know, we knew Napoli were going to get some chances in this game, and you know what? It didn't take long for them to get their first quality opportunity. Uh, Rafa uh, around the 16th minute or so, Di Lorenzo, I mean, plays a brilliantly weighted ball over Tomori. Uh, lands perfectly for Zelensky. Zelensky gets a shot off. Donnarumma makes a big save. Um, great assist by um, by De Lorenzo. Almost assist, I should say. Uh, you know, again, that you know, you were talking about Zelensky. You know, playing well in this position, he finds a run there in the in the box and find that pass from from De Lorenzo. Nearly capitalized there for you guys early on, and it it, it, it signaled that you guys were ready to play that game. Yeah, it did signal that, and and uh, Di Lorenzo is another player who has been catching a lot of a lot of crap from Napoli fans uh, all season long. But I really yeah. do believe that uh, Di Lorenzo, at you know his one hundred percent game, is one of the best 
um, you know, defensive backs in, in, in Italy. And it's, you know, it's why he gets called up to the national team, obviously, you know, and you can argue there's a shortage of Italian <laughs> defensive wingers too. But I mean, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's been able to find some good g- crosses. Uh, really, uh, he found Zielinski there, a uh, really good save by Donnarumma, great shot. But that's what I'm saying about mm-hmm. Zielinski is that he's so comfortable in that area that he's, mm-hmm. you know, and then he ends up taking another shot from there that just went wide in the first half as well. You know, he 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 finds his way to get in there. He knows the position. He knows how to get the best of that position. And uh, once again, just that's, for me, going forward, that's where he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Zelensky, again, his name would turn up often in this game. Uh, you know, maybe not too long, no, not much later, I should say. Uh, Insignia coming down on the left-hand flank around the 29th minute, 30th minute. Uh, he does find Zelensky at the top of the box. Zelensky gets an opportunity off, uh, shoots it just wide. But, you know, you, you see at that moment that Zelensky is all over the place. Uh, the game would go into halftime 0-0 zero, zero at that point. But uh, an entertaining first half, no doubt about it. Uh, Frank, what were your takeaways after that first half? I mean, 0-0, zero, zero, but... There were some signals there that Milan were getting cut open in, in, at times uh, through play to Zelensky, I should say. And I think that's the peril of having two center backs that have not played together in a game Yeah, before, Tomori and, and Gabia. And that's some of the things that you're going to face. And we've talked about this before in the past with, with, with center back pairings that don't have the familiarity of playing together that it's pretty easy to expose them. Um, yeah. You know, in this case... The first Zielinski chance, the two center backs were very disconnected. Um, you know, Tomori was drifting ball side, which he should. And in that case, Gabi has got to come over and, and cover. And Gabi would have probably been picking up Zielinski in that situation. Well, Zielinski's wide open, and he's right in between the two defenders. And then on the uh, chance that he was played by Insigne, same thing. So Zielinski became a danger man as a result because he was getting past you know the the double pivot of Ke- you know Kessie can't be everywhere as much as he as much as he runs, okay. And Tonali is in there for the passing and he's in there for the technique. He's not the tackler that you get with. He's not the tackler. He's not the man marker that Nishmel Benesser is. Yeah. Um. But you know, Napoli were able to expose where Milan were going to struggle uh, early on, and that was causing some concerns. And it required it was going to require some adjustments at certain you know, at certain points. Um, the other thing is, is Insigne just had an absolute field day on Diogo Dallo, um, you know, in the, largely in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the other notes that I came away with. Uh, so it's a, <laughs> it was a patchwork back four for Milan and it was just barely being held together. And you were, as a, if you're Pioli, you're, you're getting out of that nil, nil, you're, you're happy as hell about it. Uh, because it's like, okay, you probably you, you took Napoli's best shot. You're underperforming going forward, especially in Napoli's third, with the exception of a couple of chances, but it's still nil-nil. Um, and and you've gotten a little lucky here. So uh, lucky to go in 0-0, lucky to be in a situation where Milan have a chance to still get something out of this game. Yeah, and Rafa, over to you. Um, you know, Talk about how Milan really didn't have many opportunities in that first half. Uh, you know, Koulibaly kind of looked like his younger self, didn't he? Uh, really shutting things down, looked like back to his old ways. I know he struggled a bit this season, but uh, tell us what you saw from your team defensively that really uh, kept Milan in check throughout that first 45 minutes. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with what you said about how he was struggling this season. I think he's been doing fine this season. 
I think the defense as a whole has been struggling because of injury, because of COVID. Fair uh, enough. You know, let's not forget that now. Right now, Milan. Right now, Milan are going through it, but Napoli at a time were about ten deep in injury and COVID. Uh, six of which were from were, were part of the starting lineup. So you know, it was it was uh, there was a time where we had to start Rahmani and Matimovic back there, where we were just getting eaten alive. Eaten alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a point in time in the season where we were we were best defense in, in, in the league about like 13 matches in, and then it all kind of capitulated. And it's because Manolas was injured. Koulibaly had COVID. Um, you know, there were these, these factors. Um, and now, you know, in this match uh, in particular, uh, we had no Ramani who had started with Koulibaly lately because of uh, 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 Manolas' injury. And we were very worried about today's game, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Sunday's game. Uh, because we knew what we were facing with Milan, no matter what, you know, injuries or what have you, Milan had been, Milan were able to, uh, you know, stay in contention for Scudetto with, in, with significant injuries this season. And uh, we, we, we didn't take it for, for granted. We didn't take it lightly. And I think that, you know, Kulibali and Maximovic in this match, like I said, we were very worried about Maximovic because he's been really poor this season. But Mani had a shaky start to his, his Napoli career because he, he'd been left on the bench. And rightfully so. You have a pairing like, you know, Kulibali and, and Manolas, one of the, Two of the, the the deadliest, you know, it's like the deadliest combo of center backs in probably all of Europe. Um, yeah. But Ramani come together. Like I said, Di Lorenzo was having a tough time, but he played his game and Husai his game too. Husai looked like 2016-17 Husai also. Kulibali uh, yeah. like stood ground in that first half, and no, Milan didn't have a lot of chances. I, you know, it's funny that Frank Frank had mentioned that Milan started off the match really well. I noted that the game started off really slowly because I'm looking at it as a Napoli perspective. Sure, yeah. the game started off slowly for me for about 20 minutes, and then and then we turned it right on. And and the defense was very, very, very big in this match. Very big. Played played it to perfection, especially in the first half. You know, you know, talking about Koulibaly, I remember, you know, during the the player introductions in the game, I'm thinking, you know, if I could start a defense from scratch, I would want Koulibaly, and then I want Tamori under his wing. I think, you know, having those two guys with those with their with abilities uh, would be amazing. Anyway, but you know, to your point, you know, Napoli did grow into that first half, and really from the pretty much like you said, 20, 20 minutes, 20th minute on, they kind of started taking over, getting more and more opportunities. This game was screaming for a goal. Uh, we didn't get it in that first half, but it didn't take long in that second half. Uh, for a goal to happen in the 49th minute, uh, Dalo, um, bless his heart, he uh, turns it over to Husai. Husai ends up giving it to Zelensky. Um, meanwhile, Teo Hernandez is jogging his way slowly from midfield. Uh, and Zelensky finds Politano, who's supposed to be marked by Teo Hernandez, wide open, beats Donnarumma, a, a lovely aimed shot, beats Donnarumma, one nothing. Uh, thoughts on the on the quick counter goal by Napoli at, at that just to start the second half because a uh, great way to start us any half. Well, you say that the the game was screaming for a goal. Napoli were screaming for a counter attack goal. We haven't mm. seen a counter like that in in quite a bit. Uh, Napoli tend to take the ball in the midfield and like look like they're about to counter like they used to, and then kind of turn it back around, pass it back, pass it back to the keeper, let the defense come back on. Uh, you know, uh, get, get into their position, and then we just like try to outman them in the box. And and you know, uh, this was a very nice surprise. Uh, Husai uh, stealing the ball. Uh, I think you said it was it was Tomori who he stole it from, uh, or it was Dalo. I, I don't remember. Dalo, Dalo, yeah. Either way, um, 
Uh, yeah, the Dalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, I watched it again and again and again, and all I could keep on noticing was how do you leave Zielinski wide open like that? He there was a, there was a, a a huge hole in that defense, um, where I saw Politano running, and and I remember saying it to myself, Politano, Politano. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, uh, obviously Zielinski found him too, and you know the softest of touches too, right past Donnarumma. I I, I it kind of like went into the net in slow motion, and you know, obviously. The uh, the the joy that I went through was was great, but um, uh, you know, uh, just a, again a testament to 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 Husai's game. Uh, uh, you know, the the vision steal it. You know, the one touch to Zielinski who gave it back to Husai, who gave it back to Zielinski, who went in there and then mm. found Politano, and then just the just the just the the the, the overall fact that we we scored on a counter against Milan. Was was really big for me, and um, very happy about it. Very happy. Uh, great placement by Politano, one nil, uh, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, here we go." <laughs> 40, 40 minutes left. Let's see what we got. Uh, Frank is really a calamitous of errors, uh, a confluence of events. Really, you know, he had Dalos a forced pass to Castillejo, really unwarranted there. Uh, and then you had Kessier trying to jump in, really, which left Zelensky wide open. Uh, and then also, obviously, I mentioned Teo Hernandez, who was pressing up high, trying to get on the attack. And then once the tur- ball was turned over, he didn't do much to get back into defensively. I mean, where where on that play do you f- you fault the most for that goal? Was just was it a bunch of guys, or was one player in particular? What were your thoughts on that goal? Well, one thing I'm going to give a lot of credit to is I'm going to give a lot of credit to Gattuso um, mm. for how he shaped uh, this Napoli team uh, in a lot of situations. Okay. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of teams and there are a lot of players that are habitually comfortable with defending you from the inside out and making you go to the touchlines, okay, and wanting nothing to do. Gattuso made Milan play from the outside in, okay, and made them play predictable, okay? And I this was not the only time that Napoli anticipated that diagonal you know that, that short diagonal pass that Dallow played there must have been three or four occasions prior to that where Napoli were in position and they were ready for that kind of pass they were ready for that kind of decision and jumped on it so it kind of didn't surprise me that a goal for Napoli originated from that because they were ready for that not you know Gattuso had them defending from the outside in um he he, he they funneled them into Deme and Fabian into that double pivot. They funneled them into those guys. In this case, it was Husay who won the ball, so it was a little bit different. Um, you know, so I blame. I mean, this is a collective team brain fart, okay? Um, because of how Napoli are trying to force you in those situations, especially when you're getting into the middle third. That's one okay nothing's on they're loaded up pretty well they're ready for anything that you're going to try to bring inside to the strikers there's no presence to be able to to have any hold up play or anything like that that's when we were i would have been much happier to see them reload and try again um but the mistake happened they jumped on it i think the other player that you really got to go after on this is chalanolu um half-hearted at best in his effort to try to stop zielinski in the middle of the field he just kind of just let him go by um and in that case, because Milan are so stretched, because they were in possession, foul him and take the yellow, okay? And 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 take those seconds so that you can get everybody back and you can get everybody regrouped. 
Okay, but Chalinola doesn't do that. He just lets Zielinski pass by. And there's no double pivot to protect the defenders. Teo's too high, you know, as we talked about. And then it's 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 easy. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, you've got to be good players to be able to read and recognize that situation. Zielinski's having a hell of a season. And and but it was very, very easy for Napoli as a result of all of those things. Yeah, no, it certainly was. And uh, Napoli continued to put that pressure on. I mean, not even 10 minutes later, uh, Fabian, a guy who Rafa's been talking about earlier in this podcast, uh, he had a great opportunity. Donnarumma saves him near point blank. It wasn't quite, but it was a great great shot opportunity uh, that um, Fabian was turned away by. And, you know, we started, you know, Milan were struggling to create anything offensively. They did bring on Rebic for Krunic in the 60th minute, where we did see some change for Milan. Uh, in the 65th, layout, uh, Rebic ended up finding Leao perfectly. Over the top, very similar to what Di Lorenzo did with Zelensky. Leao, poor, poor attempt at a finish. Uh, didn't really bother Ospina there. 70th minute, Tonali uh, with a bullet-free kick that Rebic deflects, and Ospina made a great save on yep. there. Um, Ospina had a, a quietly good game, Rafa, I thought, in this one. Um, you obviously have two stellar goalkeepers between Ospina and Moret. But, you know, in this game in particular, Ospina made some big saves. He didn't have much to do, but when he, did ha- when he was called upon, uh, he he stood big for you guys. You know that deflection on Rebic's header, not an easy thing to stop. No, it wasn't an easy thing to stop. And uh, Ospina deserves a lot of credit uh, for the season as well. Um, he's he's really shown that this I believe is his sixth, sixth or seventh uh, clean sheet in in uh, the league. Um, and he's really shown a leadership quality too. He really does. You know, yeah. get in there and 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 he he puts his whole body on the line. He we joke about him being like beaten up every game, every single game. The match has to stop because he's hurt about something. He's hurt somewhere, and uh, uh, yeah, he he's he's a real warrior to me. Now, if you ask uh, the rest of Napoli Twitter <laughs> or social media, Jimmy uh, Meret, who starts every match because right. he's a young Italian. Of course, everybody wants him to start, but. Uh, if you ask me, I think Ospina is the better keeper. Um, he's been favored by Gattuso, uh, and that's clear. Uh, if we could just start Mered against Juventus every game, then, then we'll be fine. But um, no, I, I think that Napoli have a good problem on their hands in that yeah. Ospina is a veteran who gets in there and gets those saves and can distribute the ball really, really well. Uh, similarly, if not better than um, when we had uh, – Lazio keepers, Reina. <laughs> um, but but Medit Medit also shows qualities every every now and then of being like a future top goalkeeper. You know he, he's no Donnarumma. Let's face it. You know Donnarumma is a once in a generation keeper. Uh, you know, but he does have the he does have the potential to be a very strong candidate for second string Italian goalkeeper, you know, as long as Donnarumma is in, in the mix there. Right. Uh, and Napoli have him, you know, and, and hopefully my, my, my perfect scenario is that Gattuso can start, uh, you know, them every two matches, like have Ospina start two matches, have Medet start two matches, have Ospina and Medet, you know, tra- transfer two matches, you know, every two matches. But Ospina really does pull out magical saves, uh, and you know, n- no different in this match. He was very big for us, very, very big, along with the defense. And I think he really links up with the defense well. Too, so. 
Well, you know, before we wrap this game up, it did get a little feisty towards the end of the game. A couple of things that we want to talk about. First, uh, your, both your thoughts. We'll start with you, Frank. Uh, yeah. 86 minute, Teo Hernandez, a hard tackle on Ossiman on the left-hand side, on the player's side. Um, yellow, call, yellow card on the play. Did you think it was deserving of a red? What were your thoughts on the tackle? <sighs> I'm conflicted. Um, you know, I mean, that that moment is uh truly a some referees are going to give a yellow some referees are going to send him off yeah okay that i don't think it was an obvious sending off um but it was a bad challenge okay you know so you know i'm sitting on the fence i'm sitting on the fence on that one a little bit and there have been times where i've said yeah a milan play- when, when a milan player deserves to go off i got no problem Sure. You know, with saying that, you know, but in this case, I, I, I think red would have been on the side of harsh. Okay. Uh, yellow. Yes, absolutely. Um, it was, it was reckless. Um, you know, as a Serie A fan, <laughs> it stinks that he did it to, you know, that he does it to awesome. cause awesome a guy who's just come back and I want to see him play more. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, but, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think the referee got it correct here, but I've, I've seen other referees send players off for that too. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've been on the fence on that decision since it happened. And Rafa, since you're on the other side and you see, you know, one of your starlets getting hit, uh, what were your thoughts on that play when it happened? just really concerned you know because Osman's had quite the hell of a season you know uh he's he's he was out with the shoulder injury at the november break uh you know then he he gets back from that and almost is ready for that and he gets covid then uh after he's done with the covid he comes back and he's so so not not necessarily 100 percent. then he gets knocked silly in the match against atalanta and that was, uh, you know, very, very scary because for a while we didn't know what the hell was going on with him. Yeah, yeah, um, no kidding. Uh, at, you know, unconscious for 30 minutes and <laughs> wake, waking up not knowing what, where he was or what happened. So that was very scary. So, you know, in the last few ma- matches, we've been kind of watching out for him, you know. You know, when he gets hit in the head, when he gets, get, you know, hit anywhere else. And just he, – he's he – but that's his style of play. He's a very physical, physical, speedy – Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, you know, he he's 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 a presence. He's a presence, and he provides yes. so much for Napoli more than goals assists. You know, uh, he 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 can find space. He can you know create chances. He can hold the ball up. He can you know he can beat any defender if you ask me. The one touches that he can pull off are great. So you know to see him tackled like that and rolling around and injured to me is is very very nerve-wracking very nerve-wracking and i agree with frank i think a yellow was the right was the right call um a a red might have been a little harsh but but i do see referees giving you know reds for that too you know it just it's it's such a like you know it really depends on what kind of referee you have i believe yeah referee was pasqua i believe it he 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 let the game go for the most part. You know, it wasn't yeah. until the end where he started letting the cards fly. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought uh, it was interesting when I was watching it live. I'm thinking, "What the hell are you doing, Theo? Theo, that's a red card." You see the replay though, and you and you you know, kind of to both your guys' point, it, it was a harsh yellow. I mean, a, a a tough tackle, a hard tackle. 
certainly a yellow. Right. Uh, but it was close enough where it was almost like almost a good tackle. He was just just late. Uh, it was a it was a big big bang for sure, and a, a red probably would have been harsh on that play. But he certainly was late. It was certainly a yellow. Um, but yeah, it was a tough tackle. You you hate to see when guys like when Osiemen, like you mentioned, all the troubles he's had this season and going down big like that. Obviously, you see Koulibaly getting right in there, and a couple other, a couple other guys getting in the face because uh, they want to stand up for the guy, and it's, it's understandable. So um, that would not be the end of it in this game. Uh, in the 92nd minute, oh, referee first of all gets injured. We thought maybe we have another substitution, right? And leave it to have it for another Milan game to have another referee substitution. But uh, in the 92nd minute, after the referee nearly fell down, uh, Rebic he gets taken off the ball by Husai. A foul is called against Rebic. Rebic said something about his mother, or he said he called him a Juventini, Juventino. I don't know what he said, but he gets a straight red. Uh, I mean, I know there's conflicting reports about what he said after the match. I think he literally said something about the referee's mother. <laughs> well, like, there you go. Right. Yeah. I I, I thought I saw I that so. like uh, that was, horror or something like that. He's, he said he said in Balkan that the referee's mother was a prostitute and uh, uh, prostitutes herself in Naples. <laughs> I don't know Either if that's way. true. I said just where that just where I caught it, but <laughs> Either way, straight red for Rebic. Uh, he gets off. Stupid play by him because he's always on since the 60th minute, and they needed him to try to get an equalizer. Uh, he ends up receiving a two-match ban for his comments. Donnarumma gets fined for his actions post-match as well. He was pretty pretty uh, hot as well. So final thoughts on this one. I mean, you look at the statistics, and, and you know, if you look at the statistics alone, it looks like it was a fairly even match. And I guess it, it, you guess it could be, but I think Napoli had the better of the play. They were the deserved winners in this one. The key stat, though, for me was the final third passes. You look at it in Milan, 125, Napoli, 65. But I thought Napoli were the better in the final third than Milan were. Despite all those opportunities, Napoli did more with their chances. Rafa, would you agree? I agree. I agree, yes. Uh, I feel like Napoli had so many chances at goal, but not not too, too many shots. You know, I, I feel like they were down there more, actually. And Napoli did well to defend, so that stat's very surprising to me. But um, you know, it just it just goes to show you that the Napoli at full strength, you know, and they're almost at full strength. They're not quite at full strength yet. They they still have a few pieces left to come back from injury. They have, you know, Manolas and and Chucky Lozano still to come back. Uh, Pitania still out injured. And Romani they they they're still out injured as well. But you know, when when Mertens came back, when Osimhen came back, you know, when Deme came back, when Husay and, and Kuliabali came back, Ospina were was out too injured when he came back. I feel like the team just kind of turned it around a bit. I mean, unbeaten in our last five in all competitions, granted one of them is a two to one win against Granada that didn't get us through the league quarterfinals, but it's still on the pitch so five and five. And look at – don't look now, but we're back in it, man. Like, we're You're only six points – with this win, we're only six points, uh, you know, behind Milan. Yeah. And, you know, if the match – if the game at hand in hand was, was you know, that was rescheduled to what would have been tomorrow, uh, is also, again, rescheduled to the seventh. But if it would have been played tomorrow and Napoli would have won, don't look now, but Napoli are three points out of second place, and yeah. and everybody wanted Gattuso out of here, you know, at the beginning of the month, and it's 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 crazy how things just turn around just like that, you know, especially in this crazy season of COVID. But I was very pleased with the performance. Um, I was a little disappointed in Donnarumma going off on the bench the way he did. I don't know if we had said something to him first or what, what yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. But you know the cameras caught him calling us a, a you know a band of thugs or something 
like that. <laughs> and yeah. and he's Neapolitan, so I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's probably the, the 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 youngest one too. So he's probably the the thug of, of yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see. It was cool to see Insignia kind of come down too, because they're buddies and yeah. And you know, he's like, he's probably like, oh, what are you talking about my team for? You're Neapolitan too. Shut up. Yeah. But it was it was a fun match. It was very fun. Uh, it was very fun, mind you. Milan. I'm gonna say it on the show. Milan are my second team. They have to be. I I can't deny it anymore. It's um, Milan are my second team. I always cheer for them in Europe all the time. You do know we record this, um, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to not root for them. Yes, I know. I know. That's okay. I'm going to catch it from some of my not But I always, I always, I always sort of always watch the, the Milan result. And I always kind of like, you know, just cheer for them. I already, I already made up my mind that I'm going for the winner of the Manchester Milan tie in the Europa League. You know, Milan because they're Milan. Manchester because I would love to see Cavani lift the European trophy, of course. But uh, you know, it's it's so much fun. It was a fun match to watch, and um, you know, I just you know, good win, good win for Napoli. Very good win for Napoli. Surprising yeah. win for Napoli. <laughs> Are you gonna screenshot that and post it now? <laughs> we can still frame that, and that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be uh, you're, you're gonna be tagged on that on social. I'm just gonna media. leave this on the bottom from the rest of the podcast here. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Time. You want me to go in and change my name? I'll go in and change my name. Rafa the Milanista. <laughs> uh, Frank, this all but uh, well. For most people, this ended Milan's Scudetto hopes. Uh, for me, it ended a while ago. As soon as Inter took that lead a few weeks back, I thought it was over. But for, for most people, it, this, this put the nail in the coffin that Milan's Scudetto hopes were done. Um, they are, Milan, are in a, big, a bit of a struggle at the moment. Um, lost a lot in the last month, uh, more so than they did in 2020. Um, this is obviously a big game coming up this, this Thursday against United. Um, Obviously, injuries play a big part of this, and obviously, also the psyche as well. What do you want to see from Pioli? I mean, after this match, I mean, uh, he's got a lot of work to do, at least with the mental state of this club. You know, for them to get out of this because they're they're in a rut. There's no doubt about it. Uh, first of all, for uh, Brahim Diaz to to play, but to play wide, play in a wide area, not yeah. behind the striker. Um, because right now, Brahim Diaz is the only player Milan have that can dribble and can beat defenders one v one. The issue with him is he has a tendency when he is running with the ball, he has a tendency to get a little heavy with his touch. And if you do that in the middle and you get past the double pivot, when he was doing an excellent job of getting past his midfielders, and then he's heavy with his next touch, who's there? Koulibaly or, or Maximovic? Where you put that in a wide area and he's taking on a defender 1v1, or he's taking on a fullback, may, you know, he might have a center back in support, all right, that – that might be able to get to that to get to that heavy touch or might be able to get to to Diaz. But there's more of a chance for him to to finish the play, you know, with a cross or or or, or cutting the ball back or doing something like that. You know, he's the one guy that Milan have right now that can break opponents, you know, opposing defenders off the dribble. Leal can do it to an effect, but they're using him as a striker right now. So you pretty much totally take away that aspect of his skill set. You know, I'd like to see that a little bit more because I think that's going to bring some variety to Milan. The, the problem without having Ibrahimovic in there and without an informed Chalhanolu is this Milan gets very, very predictable, very, very easily in attack. 
Okay. We talked about Teo at the very beginning of this and how he loves to bomb forward, but where are his runs? He's running into the penalty area all the time. So if Gattuso defends you, if Napoli defend you from the outside in, Teo's just running into defenders off the ball. Mm-hmm. He's not running into an area where he's going to be dangerous, you know, and if it's Dallow on the right side, it's the same thing. There's no width. There's no ability to stretch the game. All right. That has to happen a little bit. I mean, I think that there's got to be some tweaks to what Milan do when they attack. Now, if Ibra plays on Thursday, a lot of this changes, you know, because he becomes a focal point and he commands a lot of attention. And that when you see him out there for Milan, everybody else is immediately better because all of the attention on is on him. I mean, we saw how great Rebic was in the restart. He's great because he got to play with Ibrahimovic. All the attention was on him. Rebic was free to score the, score some goals. Um, would you put Diaz on the right hand side, seeing that that's our weaker side? Yeah, yeah. Let's let him. Let's let him go nuts. Let's let him take on the. Let's let him take on the left back on the other team in one v one. You know, so so if you get Ibrahimovic back, you know, you need a Chalinolu in form, and until he can get over it, I don't think you see him in form until he can be back a hundred percent and fit. Okay, I, and I think there's just too much rushing him back right now. You know, I think you play Krunic there, all right? You know, I think you can take a shot at Tonali in that role if Benacer comes back, you know, and he's proven to be fit because you can get that double double pivot of Benacer and, and, and Kessie back. But I think right now the challenge with Milan, and, just, and it was evident in the Manchester United game, it's a team that just looks awfully predictable right now when they get the ball. Mm-hmm. And they're struggling, and as a result, they're struggling the goals. They, they had to score on a set piece against – um, Man United. They nearly scored on a set piece that, uh, against Napoli. That was about their only chance of getting goals over these last two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the one, one one area that Napoli really aren't weak at is that right side because you know while Milan are weak on that right side, Napoli they got Politano. He plays. He's playing amazing. Lozano's playing have a great year so far. Uh, Rafa, you guys really are spoiled for the attack. You know, I mean that's even without Osiman. Now you bring Osiman back into the fold. We saw how dangerous Napoli were when Osman was on the team in the beginning of the season. You guys were just so dynamic going forward. We were, and uh, it was a great start to the season. Uh, you know, once the um, once the matches started coming, you know, the, the European tournament started started coming around, Europa League, uh, you know, we lost that one match against Azed, who had their entire team out of COVID. I think it was like 13 players, and we were supposed to crush them, and we ended up losing 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then we ended up losing Sassuolo, and then Milan, and then, you know, just the injuries came, and it just was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't, you know, a train wreck, but it was, you know, quite the issue. And, um, you know, the one thing that that you said that that has been a uh, you know a, a a really positive outlook for the season is the attack, and I'm really glad you brought up Politano and Lozano covering that right side because uh, Callejon over the last two seasons before he left, you know, the numbers were declining. I mean, he was an assist man towards the end of the season, more more so than goals. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I just did these numbers right before, you know, actually it was during, I was waiting in the, in the waiting area over there. 2019-2020 um, and 2018-19, Callejon's numbers were four goals each season, all competitions. So 
eight goals and 25 assists in both seasons. So, so a total of eight goals, 25 assists in two seasons. This season, it's not even over yet. Lozano and Politano have combined for 24 goals and eight assists on that on that right side. So, I mean, if you know, everybody was very sad to see Callejon leave, but if that's not an indication of revamp at that side, at that at that, at that area, uh, you know, that needed revamping, I don't know what is. Just Chucky Lozano has been an absolute revelation this season. Gattuso has been able to get the best out of his players. And I'll never forget Frankie. Uh, uh, Frank coming on our show on our podcast when I when we signed uh, Gattuso to be a manager and and everything that he said has come true to fruition and I I really uh, I it's it's incredible because I always think of the interview that we had uh, how we love Gattuso we we love his style of play we love his energy we love his characteristics but we're gonna get very discouraged with his substitutions and his, uh, you know, uh, uh, rotation, you know, lack of rotation and decisions, uh, which is, is absolutely what's been going on. But I'll tell you right now, he can get the best out of these players because Koulibaly wasn't having a great season last year before Ancelotti were, was right. fired. Right. Uh, and now he's the Koulibaly of old. Same thing with Lozano. Lozano, he, to- he, he would tell, uh, you know, Gattuso, would would say of Lozano, he couldn't he couldn't kick the ball. He couldn't he he he'd take two dribbles with the ball and fall fall flat on his feet. He couldn't speak Italian. He couldn't you know he would just like he was really ragging on on Lozano last year. So much so that the Mexican fans really started to hate Gattuso. I have a best friend who's Mexican who said, what the heck's going on with your man Gattuso, with your boy Gattuso? Why he hates Chucky? He's a racist. You know what's funny about like, all that? Come on, man. <laughs> you know what's funny about all that is Gattuso <laughs> yeah. was known for being the guy who didn't speak good English, good Italian, right? And now he's the one making fun of, pe- making fun of people not speaking Italian. It's yeah. kind of funny that that works out. He's making fun of – yeah, exactly. exactly. But, I mean, look at him this season. Look at Chucky Lozano this season. Yeah. Look at Politano. Politano was an interreject. Yeah. And 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 he's having, I mean, eleven goals, four assists, all all competitions as a bench right winger. You know, yeah. I yeah. mean, if anything, Gattuso knows how to get the best out of these players. Yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to ask. I, I, I wanted to ask about Gattuso because um, you guys had a spell there. You know, at the beginning of 2021, uh, where he came under some criticism. You know, by Napoli fans, you know, by casual Serie A fans as well. Um, we thought that a lot of that was unfair and unwarranted, largely because of a lot of the injuries that he was dealing with. And he's, you know, putting the best lineup that he can possibly put out there week in and week out. Um, you know, we, we, if I had my way, also Gattuso would still be manager of Milan. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I didn't want to see, I didn't want to see Milan part with him either. So, um, where, where, where do things lie with Gattuso now? I mean, I think that he deserves praise for the job he's doing, bringing Napoli back. And now with players getting healthy, that this looks like a very dangerous team for top four, you know, the rest of the way. And my follow-up question with the flack that he has taken, um, whether some of this came from De Laurentiis or not, too, on top of it. Do you see Gattuso being manager beyond this season? That's a very difficult question to answer right now. Uh, 
I do. I do see. I can see Gattuso being the manager next season. I can see him getting another chance. Should he? I believe that we finish in fourth or even more, or even higher, third or second, uh, then yes, absolutely, he deserves another shot. He deserves another shot, for sure, because mission accomplished. I know he wanted to win a trophy. We won the Coppa Italia last season. We wanted the Europa League really, really bad. Injuries and COVID, and, it, you know, it's funny because anybody outside of Napoli Milan bubble here will say things like, oh, everybody's gone through injuries. Everybody's gone through COVID. Look at this team. Look at that team. I don't think anybody has had has been more injury ridden than Napoli this season. And Gattuso did put out the best 11 that was available to him every single week. And when he did that, he'd get he'd get criticized for not playing the kids that are on the bench. The kids are Primavera 2. Okay? They're not even in the first division of Primavera. They're Primavera 2. So while you have, you know, a lot of Napoli fans questioning why, oh, look at Real Madrid. They put in two teenagers uh, against Atalanta with 10 minutes left in the first leg. Okay, well, we're talking about Real Madrid Primavera versus a Primavera team in Napoli that can't beat Pescara in Primavera 2. You understand? So mm. there were really like like uh, Gattuso wasn't in a position to use the kids. Gattuso wasn't in a position to make a lot of substitutions. Gattuso was in a very bad position, and to come away with a win against Milan, away a a clean sheet, a one nil clean sheet, and and still be six points behind them for second place, two points behind. The Champions League spot with a match in hand. I, I really think that's a testament to Gattuso. Yes, I think Napoli fans. The problem, and and you know, this was said on on our show by some of our guests, and it's very true. Napoli fans really miss that beautiful style of football, that mm-hmm. Saudi ball. So anytime mm-hmm. you hear Saudis coming back, everybody gets really excited because now they think all of a sudden we're going to have Jorginho on the field again and Alan and and Albio and you know uh you know Callejon at full strength and Reina and that's not the case that's not the case uh Napoli have eight losses that was another big thing about the, the you know oh he's lost so many matches look at how many matches here we have the wor- the most losses of, of of top six teams this and that but we only drew two matches we have just as many wins as Milan do now and it's nobody looks at that that side, you know what I mean? Yes, we lost right. some really bad matches. We lost to Spezia. But look at Spezia. After Napoli win, they went on to beat Roma and knock them out of the Coppa Italia. Almost beat them in Serie A. Beat Milan. You know, hang in there with Fiorentina. Hang in there with Turi. Like, like, then, then you know, then then we lose, you know, we lose the, the, the Sassuolo. We lost the, the, the lead at the end over there. So everybody started, you know, chirping again. It's just the very, Napoli fans are very reactionary. And I don't know if that's how Milan fans are too and how like all of Serie A fans are now. Very, very reactionary. And I think that everybody needs to just kind of sit, you know, calm down, take a look, take a deep breath, realize that now that we don't have the Europa League to deal with, although I wanted to win that very bad. We don't yeah. have it to deal with. We have a clear goal of top four. So no matter how Gattuso were to get the achievement of the Champions League next season, that's the goal, whether it be through the Europa League or top four. 
So I believe that ADL has a contract ready for Gattuso to sign should we achieve that goal. Now, will he? Don't ask me that question because I don't hmm. know. I don't know if – look at the Silencio Stampa. The Silencio Stampa happened, and nobody has talked about Gattuso. Gattuso's on the chalking block. Nobody has talked about Gattuso quits, Gattuso resigned, Gattuso's going to be fired. The, the one thing I did find odd was that the announcer for the worldwide feed – uh, before the match started was, well, we will not be, you know, Gattuso will not be at the club next season. There was nothing that was ever announced that Gattuso is leaving next season. The The big rumor is that there's going to be a big revelation, you know, a revolution with a new DM. They were talking about Benitez. Now they're talking about Lippi possibly coming in as a, as a, a DS. I'm sorry, not DM, uh, director of sport with a manager like Vicente or Ivan Juric or Roberto De Zerbi or maybe Allegri if he's available or what have you. I honestly think that Gattuso, if he makes the Champions League, deserves a fresh start. And I mean, not a season that's canceled by COVID and we have to start again. Mm-hmm. Not a season that we have to deal with COVID every, every, and play every three games. I mean, I was looking at the, the, the schedule. Napoli, if they were to go, the, the, full, the full, you know, way in the Coppa Italia and in the Europa League, would still be playing every three days. You know, we'd be lucky if we were in 10th place at this point. Mm. This is a very different season. I think a lot of people judge their club, you know, and other clubs and performances. And it's not fair this season. I think it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? If you ask me. The same thing with Ossiman. Oh, Ossiman's not, you know, he, he's only got three goals and one assist. And he's supposed to be this 70 million. But he's only been, he's only played in about 16 matches since he started with Napoli. Yeah. You know, he's been out most of the season. So let's all calm down. <laughs> you know, and even you guys, you guys were in first place for how long? And you on the back of your head knew, ah, uh, you know, we have to wait, we have to wait. You know? But it was looking really good for a while. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure that if you signed up for the Champions League position at the beginning of the season, you'd take it like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so the season's not over. Everybody, all Napoli fans, have to calm down, relax, because we have a lot of football still to play. And yes. now that we're getting healthy and back to a full squad again with no Europa League, we have we have the wherewithal. We have it to, to make it to the Champions League. Syria is uh Syria Twitter is a very toxic place. Uh, Milan Twitter is. is very toxic and very reactionary after games. Um my, so my question to you is what is you know we we know what Gattuso is and how he's been of, since he's been with you guys. What is what will his legacy be with Napoli be once after if we're looking at you know a couple years down the road, what is his legacy going to be with with Napoli? I really think his legacy is going to be the ability to get the best out of his players. Um he, he, he yeah. like I said earlier with Lozano and with it, I mean, look at Insignia too. Insignia's had probably one of his two best seasons of his career this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot, of, there were a lot of naysayers when it was, you know, came down to he got, he's the one that got the, the, the armband, the captain's armband. And he really has taken a Gattuso approach to being a captain. He's really taken the bull by the neck and like said, let's go, you know, and, and, you know, Chucky Lozano, he was a bust. He was a bust last season. And now he's like, we miss him so much now. It's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, look at Usai even. Uh, even towards the end of last season, I noticed it. And Usai got his first goal and got two, though. And I yeah. was like, wow, look at that. Usai played pretty well. Mario Rui, too, to an extent. To an extent. A lot of people don't like Mario Rui. 
But you know, Koulibaly as well. I, I just I do I do I think that I think that Gattuso's legacy will be he was able to to motivate these players and the team is happy. And a lot of people really made fun of me when I when I said, oh, you know, yeah, the team's happy. They're losing to matches to to and to to this team, but oh, but that's okay because they're happy. Well, you know, would you rather them have you know have a, an entire mutiny on their back again? You know, no, you wouldn't. They're together. You know, when Mertens is on the bench, when when Insigne is happy, when Osim Hen is there, Lozano's smiling. You know, you got Zielinski playing great. You got Fabian playing better now too. Mm-hmm. I just really think that you know you got Deme, a guy who just you know came into the league and just started really doing well. You know, he, he he's played under Gattuso his whole Napoli career. I just think that he's the ability to be, you know, get the team going, get them together. And, you know, uh, uh, I truly do hope that he makes the Champions League with Napoli because he deserves a lot of credit. He deserves a lot of he deserves a lot of uh, you know, a praise, if you ask me. Uh, a lot of people would disagree with me, but he does. He deserves it. Last one for me. Um, okay, so... <sighs> Let's say we Napoli finishes top four. They're off to the Champions League next season. Uh, and this squad needs to be strengthened, but it needs to be strengthened at the cost of a player. Okay. Where do you need to get better? Mm. And who is the player that you probably would have to move on from in order to make that happen? We need to get better. Uh, we need to get better at the left back position. We need to get better at the wing back position. Both, both there, mm-hmm. both sides. Okay. Um, Di Lorenzo can't play every single game. He finally gets a rest because the yellow card that he got against Milan has him sitting against Roma, which could be a good thing, could not be a good thing. But he's getting a rest. You know, it seems like he he needs a suspension to get himself a rest. Um, you know, it, it looks like Husai is going to leave for free. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about PSG, but his his agent does this all the time. They're trying to get more money out of Napoli, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, I would like another solid defensive midfielder, um, but it's probably going to come from a sale of either Fabian or, I hate to say it, but Koulibaly. Okay. For me, Koulibaly is a player that you don't sell. I think yeah. you let Koulibaly yeah. get old club and stay. And 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 at this point, if 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 Napoli didn't sell him for 90 million when they could have, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um COVID might have something else to say about that. You know, the this yeah. the fact that we haven't had fans and the fact that we haven't had revenue might that's why Champions League is very important for Napoli because Napoli make the Champions League, then they won't need to sell Koulibaly. If Napoli don't, they might have to. But I think regardless, Mm. I think Fabian gets sold. I think Fabian gets sold and he gets sold to Real for a lot of money. And I think that we reinvest the club in the sale of Fabian. And I don't think we really skip a beat because if we can replace Fabian in that position, right, we still do have Bakayoko, who I think is going to sign, uh, you know, he started off really well, but Bakayoko's kind of slipped since. Um, but if you can have the best Bakayoko at your disposal with Deme and another really good midfielder to come in, I believe they have a, a handshake agreement with Verona for Zakani. So that might be really, you know, really uh, a good thing to see. Um, yeah. 
and I, I also hear a lot of, a lot about Emerson Palmieri coming in from from um, <laughs> from Chelsea. I hear That'd a lot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you have a solid team if you can get those two players in, um, and maybe one other right back just to help out Di Lorenzo. Uh, I think Napoli are going to be fine, just fine, just fine. The future is bright in the south. Yep. Yep. Uh, Napoli's not going away anytime soon. And Rafa, excellent. Yep. Excellent stuff here. Excellent stuff talking about Napoli, talking about this Milan Napoli game. Uh, Let's get on to the rest of what happened uh, at match week 27. It started on Friday. Lazio playing at home against Crotone. Uh, 3-2 to Lazio. Uh, Goals by Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Uh, Luis Alberto and Felipe Caicedo. Sime getting a brace for uh, Crotone, including a penalty. Uh, key stat in that game, uh, it's Crotone's defense. What else do you expect? Lazio got off 25 shots in that game. Uh, Atalanta doing Atalanta things, doing them to Spezia, although um, it took them uh, a full 45 minutes to really get going. 53, in fact, where Mario Pasolic would get on the score sheet. Then Luis Muriel with a goal of the week candidate. Pasolic would brace in the 72nd minute. Consolation goal from Roberto Piccoli, who is actually a native of Bergamo, a youth player, uh, coming on as a substitute yeah. and scoring for Spezia. Interesting note there. Uh, Spezia having a little bit more of the ball. Atalanta having doubled the chances uh, in that game, 14-7. to Um Sassuolo, Hellas, Verona, very entertaining game. Uh, if you woke up for this on Saturday morning at the Mape, 3-2 to the Nero Verdi in the fourth minute. Great team play leading mm. to a goal by Manuel Locatelli. It is a goal of the week candidate for us. Uh, Darko Lazovic scoring in the 43rd minute. Uh, it would be 1-1 at halftime. Filip Juricic scoring in the 51st. Uh, and then a uh, Federico Di Marco. He just scores goal of the week candidates. He did it again, uh, 2-2. And then Hamed Traore in the 81st. Uh, winning the game for Sassuolo. 30 total shots in this game, 17-13 in favor of Sassuolo. So very active game. Fiorentina finally turning in the performance that we thought they should have under Cesare Prandelli uh, and at the expense of Benevento 4-1. Dusan Vlaovic getting a hat trick. Uh, It is his third goal that, for me, is the goal of the week. Uh, brilliant uh, counterattack, curling effort with his left foot into the upper, you know, upper ninety goal, uh, winning three one. Arthur Yonitsa would score uh, for Benevento, and then uh, another goal of the week candidate in this game, Valentin Eserik scoring yeah. on a chip. Uh, but uh, Fiorentina finally breaking out. Uh, Sam, uh, Benevento definitely, you know, they outpossessed Fiorentina sixty forty, outshot them, but certainly Fiorentina far more efficient. Genoa and Udinese 1-1 draw. 75-year-old Goran Pandev getting on the score sheet in the eighth minute. Uh, that would be leveled after 30 minutes by Rodrigo De Paul. Everybody comes to hear the 75-year-old Goran Pandev thing. They just that's their favorite part. Nono that's one of their Goran, favorite parts. Of <laughs> yep. <laughs> no no Goran. No no Goran. We're using it. <laughs> We're using it. No no Goran. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> All right, getting into Sunday, Bologna and Sampdoria, 3-1 for the Rosso Blue. Uh, Musa Barro, well, this is how you win games in Serie A. You start guys that score in the league. Musa Barro scores in this league. Uh, and that's what happened here, putting him up 1-0. Uh, Sampdoria level through Fabio Quagliarella at 1-1. Matias Vanberg going on to have an excellent game here, scoring yeah. uh, to put him ahead 2-1. And then an excellent 
uh, through pass, finding Roberto Soriano uh, to win the game 3-1 for Mihailovic's men. Uh, Parma and Roma. Uh, Let's oh, go. Roma. Come on, Let's Roma. go, Parma. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is that you got the uh, Darby de la Sud thing going on. Rafa loves hearing Let's this. Let's go, 2-0 to Parma. Fire Fonseca. Unbelievable. <laughs> Valentin Mihaila in the ninth minute from Dennis Mann. Richard, get on it. Find that song, I'm a Man, that blues song, because we're going to need it whenever Dennis Mann scores, okay? okay. He got an assist this time. Uh, Hernani penalty in the uh, 55th minute made it 2-0 uh, to Parma. It's Parma. They usually blow two goal leads, but it's also Roma. They can't get out of their own way, and that's what ended up happening. 2-0 to Parma. Torino and Inter. I made the suggestion that Pazza Inter could show up in this game. It kind of did. Uh, but uh, had it not been for Armando Itzo, we probably could have seen a very interesting result here. Uh, commits a foul in the uh, pretty much on the hour, leads to a penalty that Romelu Lukaku, my pick for Capocananieri, uh, scores comfortably. Uh, in the 70th minute, a whole bunch of spilling around of the penalty area and, it, you know, you be the judge. Did Sanabria push somebody to get his goal? Did he not? 1-1. One, one. Uh, but then in the 85th minute, Lautaro Martinez uh, with a goal of the week candidate, largely because of the ball played in by Alexis Sanchez. It was pinpoint 2-1 uh, to Inter. Blushes spared for Antonio Conte's men. Um, and then finally, Cagliari 1, Juventus 3. Ronaldo gets a hat trick, and that's the most I'm going to fucking say about it. Because <laughs> listen. listen. Well. Listen, he should have been sent off. This is a travesty, and this is a huge, huge problem with Serie A, and I am about to go off right now, okay? That was as violent as it gets, what he did to Alessio Cranio, as violent as it gets. And to only come away with so much as a yellow, you know what this is about. This is about keeping the pretty boy out there. This is about keeping the cash cow out there. This is about the money. OK, because everybody else in that example has been sent off and shame on Juventino. OK, shame on Juventini around the world and four of them in particular. I'm not going to name them, but I looked up four Twitter accounts of English speaking Calcio heads who are Juventini. You don't see a single fucking thing about it, about saying that was violent. He should have been sent off. My nine year old son's a Juve fan and said, Daddy, he shouldn't be playing. All right. I had another friend as a Juventus fan said, Daddy, he no, he didn't call me daddy. <laughs> That's how pissed off I am about this. Week. Okay. I coached the kid. <laughs> but <laughs> so and these are four reputable people when it comes to English speaking calcio and not a single thing on any of their Twitter accounts about this incident. It angers yeah. me because yeah. every single time when the incident happened with Tonali against Benevento, Richard and I said it at the, pretty much at the same time when it was going to VR, he's going off and he should go off. Okay. Everybody else, Richard's crying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to be serious. It's terrible. Because I've totally botched this. This is why I don't get paid. Daddy, you make me cry. This is why I don't get paid to do this stuff. Right. So I'm trying no, to have I, a rant, but I have to laugh about it too, right? <laughs> I'm, I don't have my, – my, my rant game is not as strong as Rafa's. I'm going to tell you that right now. So. Oh, well, I'm about to go off after you. But listen, that is just – it's an absolute travesty. I am for the sport. I don't give a shit about the money. And I can't wait for the – it makes me can't wait for this guy to leave, to be honest with you. All right? 
because it's going to be all about him. The fanboys and the Juventini all just absolutely went on their gush campaigns about him that he got. And listen, it's an incredible feat to break Pele's uh, club goal record. It is. It's, I, 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 you know, it just shouldn't have happened in this game. All right. And Serie A really, really needs to get their shit together about certain situations. If it's a call for this person, it's a call for that person, and it's a call for the pretty boy, and it's got to be consistent. All right. And that, to me, is bullshit. This is this this is the aspect of Serie A that makes it really, really hard for me to defend. I love this league. I'm going to advocate for it for till the day I die. But this kind of crap has to really, really stop. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's. Uh... I don't know if w- w- what was worse, the foul or him pointing to his cheek after one of the goals. You know, I think and Pirlo uh, having think, the balls to say, "Well, that wasn't really a red." Go fuck yourself. Bull crap. Well, Pirlo also came out and said uh, the uh, I forgot what it was, but it was against not. It was something against Napoli that should have been a should have been a penalty where uh, I don't know. I don't remember. There was a, there was an instance where Pirlo said something which didn't make any sense, but but. Juventus, you know, and it's funny that Roma fans come out and say that Napoli are, are uh, favored by the league because of the reschedule um, mm-hmm. Juventus match that Roma mm-hmm. tried to come out and uh, Roma tried to come out and get their that match changed as well yeah. because the league favored Napoli. Um, uh, we asked for that match to be moved again after the for the seventeenth. They rejected us, and we posted that we were officially we're going to play the 17th. It wasn't until Juve were knocked out of the Champions League, and then they asked the league, "Oh, so now that we're out of the Champions League, we have more more dates to 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 be able to play. So so can we move it?" And the league, with a snap of a finger, moved the game. So Roma had sack to come out and ask us. And and ask the league to move their match. It's already scheduled, and their their claim to to feeling like they have some sort of a claim is, oh, well, we have to go to the Ukraine and play on Thursday. Okay, so does every other team have to go play somewhere and then play on the weekend? What, what you, you know, I don't understand where they get off telling us that we're favored by the league. Just take a look at that foul against against Cranio and. and the- You've the ones after we were rejected to ask for this match to be moved and get it just like that. So who's favored by the league, Roma? Napoli or Juventus? What do you think? It's just terrible. It's a, it's, it's every single week. It's something else. And you know, I hate to go on my I hate Juve rant because you know I'm on a Serie A specific podcast and I really do have a lot of Juventini that that there are a lot of Juventini that I do like out there. But I just can't stomach this club. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't be impartial to them. I can't. I can't do it. I can I can talk and say the nice things about any club. Juventus is not the club. And the fact that Ronaldo stayed on that pitch this weekend was disgusting. It was disgusting. And whether there was intent or not, I don't care. That's a red card all the way. All the way. I am not going to add to this just because I, I want to stop from laughing. Um, and I think you guys said enough, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Is that all right, Daddy? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Daddy four. I took the time and I scrolled through their accounts around the time and, and not four, four English-speaking Calcio people, mm. reputable people, okay? 
reputable people that are also Juventus supporters had made it make it very, very clear that they're not about Serie A and they're really not about Calcio. They're about their club. They're about the club they support. And they just happen to talk a little bit about, about Serie A. And it's embarrassing to me. It's embarrassing to me. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be objective. We're supposed to be non-biased. Do Richard and I tilt a little towards Milan in our podcasts? Yeah, because we support them. But we also will talk about every single damn team in this league because we take the time to watch them. Okay. And no, but you know what, Frank, to, to, your, to your credit, you guys will, will, will exploit Milan for their faults as well. You know, yes, you, you're not afraid to tell it the way it's supposed to be. And I, I, I like to feel like we're like that at the, at our, our podcast as well. We're a Napoli specific podcast, but we're going to give it to them when they need it given to. And we're going to, yeah. you know, obvious is obvious. And you know, just, it, it's not cool to, to stick up for your club when you're wrong, blatantly wrong. It's not cool. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, it would have been refreshing for 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 any of those four and then and, and others to say that's a red and he shouldn't be out there and you know i don't know how i don't know how good i would be i would feel celebrating a hat trick after that happened honestly you know um <laughs> i would I, I, if, if it was ibrahimovic i probably I, I honestly and i think everybody here who knows me, everybody here who has listened to this podcast would, would, would immediately see on my Twitter feed and said, hat trick, Ibra's even lucky to be on the pitch right now. So that's, at least I try to present that difference, you know, and at least Richard, you know, Richard tries to present that difference. And Rafa, you guys over at Bar from Vesuvius try to present that difference. It, it actually disgusted me more to see Juventus supporters who are supposed to be talking about all of Calcio, not, come out and say something like that. They'll come out and condemn every other fault and injustice and wrongdoing that goes on in Italian football. But when it comes to their club, they pucker, they pucker up like you wouldn't believe. And that's the, that's it's, it's hypocrisy and it makes me sick. All right. Well, not much left to be said of that. I think you're, I think you're right about that. My birthday um, tomorrow. It's so. your birthday. You're free to, you're, you're drinking Guinness. Why not? I, well, I'm out of Guinness now. It's so. it's it's also my birthday tomorrow. That's right, we're birthday twins. I forgot That's about right. that. Fuck me. We are. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, do you have? I was set up. I was set up. <laughs> it's my birthday too. No. Yay. <laughs> Uh, well, since you guys are talking about that, I'll talk about something else. Um, a lot of people are going off on the uh, Inter game-winning goal where uh, they felt that uh, Hakimi fouled somebody or other uh, that just before Lautaro scored score a goal. Um, and and you know, it was a foul. Uh, it was a foul on Hakimi. But a lot of people overlooking what Sanabria did with with uh, with um, Milan Skriniar shoving him before his goal. Uh, I mean, it's a blatant shove, and then he gets his goal. So, I mean, they, they cancel each other out. So, you know, for all those people who are screaming that that should have been a penalty on Hakimi and that shouldn't have been a goal, uh, I disagree. Because, I mean, Sanabi, what he did was even worse than Hakimi did. So, I think those, those two should just cancel out and, you know, leave it at, leave it at his, as is. And I'm never going to – no, I'm not one to support Inter, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, if it, it's true. You know, it was a deserved goal, fair call both ways. I mean, who cares? So, you know, mm-hmm. there was enough of that I saw. I'm like, come on, just relax. I mean – it's it's 
it happened. Both teams did something. Relax. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Um, or you want to talk about some games? Yeah, let's. I mean, let's peek at this a little bit here. Uh, you know, <laughs> as long as we're doing it, I'm. You know, Sassuolo and Verona was just kind of a. I mean, it's going to be really, really desperate for either team to try to get into the top seven. But that game had yeah. just kind of the, the the winner has the most remote chance of of landing European place. I don't think either of them do it. I think they've kind of. I think they've kind of leveled out. You know, but it was it was nice to see an entertaining game there. Um, Benevento might not want to hit the beach just yet. Um, I mean, and you can see what their their performances because they're only six points ahead of safety now uh, after this after this latest setback. And it would be a shame because you know people in Zagi has got them playing some relatively attractive football. Uh, Gianluca Caprari is having a very good season, at least statistically um, that flies under the radar, but they're, they're not defending, um, which is a problem. Um, but, uh, and I think the only thing I would take from this batch of games guys was, you know, I mean, Udinese are still grinding results. I mean, and this is a Genoa team that when, if they score for it, this is a Genoa team under Balladini that if they score first on you, you it's going to be really, really hard for you to, you know, uh, you know, to get back into it. And they, they get the penalty and they make it one, one. So, you know, and I said this last time, you know, as I look, Milan had a disappointing performance against Studenese. They were able to scratch out a draw with a, with a late penalty, but <laughs> the more I looked at it, I took a dig in and see what Udinese has done, you know, over this stretch and i just like this draw really isn't all that bad <laughs> these guys are figuring out a way to grind out results against everybody and they are now in 10th yeah <clears throat> yeah that's true and uh how about uh parma with the uh, graziano pele inspired performance to win that game he didn't do much in the game but he was involved uh nonetheless it was his first performance for um appearance for for parma i mean they won um surprising i think this might be the result of the weekend surprising result of the weekend i should say i mean no one saw that coming you know parma's been playing piss poor as of late and then they and roma's been playing decent no doubt about it and they just got slammed by by parma maybe they were left still celebrating that shock tar win i don't know but uh parma again a big win they needed those three points i mean <clears throat> they're still you know towards the bottom of the table but now they're within one point of torino and you know a couple more points closer to Cagliari. so that's a, that was an impressive result and then also, Fiorentina with a big win, finally. Uh, nice to see Vlahovic get his hat trick uh, first of his career, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, that third goal was just <laughs> something beauty. All right. Goals of the week. Rafa, do you want to chime in on any goals of the week here? Do you want to say Politano was a goal of the week? That's fine. Was a, was a really... I mean, I, I, I can I can make a case for Politano being the goal of the week just because of the play, the play you know. The uh, and Nono Pandev, you know, the, the, the counter attack, the, the action towards it, yeah. No, 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 Pandev doesn't get it from the mouth, no. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Lataro's goal was really nice, Lataro's goal was really nice, and and you know, I, I hate to say it, but Ronaldo's first goal really was a thing of beauty, too. The height that he gets, I mean, you know, let's you know, Ronaldo's not going on the list this week, no, Ronaldo's not going on the list this week. But 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 he gets the height, man. The height that he gets is unbelievable. I just yeah. it, it leaves me just you know ah, throw your hand up. What are you gonna do? You know, 
But I'll go, I'll go, no, realistically, I'll go Lautaro. I mean, just the, the timing of the goal, the pass that that, that he received, uh, you know, I just think that that was a top 10. All right, Richard, how about it? <clears throat> yeah, um, honorable mentions for me. I'm going to go Lautaro with the honorable mention. Great header by him. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, I thought, too. Taking the volley um, was very well done. I believe Radu with the assist. Uh, but took it out of midair, you know, very cool finish by him. My top five, I'm going to go with the chip shot by Esedic, uh, number five. Very well done. Uh, didn't celebrate the goal. Uh, number four for me, old man Fabio Quagliarella with the volley off the cross. Uh, just finds waiting in the back of that. Uh, well done out of midair. Number three for me, Luis Marial. I mean, what a wonderful strike. I mean, he just pretty much stopped and popped, right? It's what you see in basketball sometimes. I mean, just beautiful curling shot in the top corner. Number two for me. Felipe Caicedo, a wonderful volley by him out of midair. I mean, I mean, whether he planned to stop it out of midair, that shot that came out or not, uh, he finished it excellently, I thought. And then Vlahovic, oh, his third goal for number one. Uh, what a what a strike that was. You can see some of the reaction of his teammates were just like, whoa, look at that. I mean, that was a great shot. It was a great shot, no doubt about it. So that's my top five. All right. Uh, you know I'm a sucker for team goals, so Locatelli is in at number five for me, the goal uh, to open the game in Ses- uh, Sassuolo Verona. Uh, Lautaro comes in at number four, the ball from Alexis, the run from Lautaro. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. it's those watching the ball and, and just watching Lautaro drift and get into that spot. I mean, that's just textbook from a striker. Uh, Muriel's goal at number three for me, Isetic's, uh chip at number two, and then, yeah, the Vlaovic completing his hat trick. That was my goal of the week. So. Okay. All okay. right, goals of the week for everybody else. Go to at City. I sit down on Twitter, Instagram. Did you did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Who should we be giving a shout to that we didn't? Well, let's get to the important stuff, guys. What 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 everybody really shows up for? And Rafa's so first time getting I'm a here. chance to get to do this with us. It is time for who won Kelcho Twitter. Uh, Richard, lead us off. Yeah, uh, this is actually one I nominated. ESPN FC. Uh, it says uh, after Porto's win against uh, Juventus. Nobody turned up to Conte Sao's press conference, and it was obviously a mix-up with the with the links that were sent out to the, to the to the reporters. But it didn't look good that he's sitting there and no questions for him at all, and it was pretty embarrassing after a great win. It would have been nice to see him gloat about it, but uh, unfortunately, he didn't get to. So that's uh, who won Couch Twitter nominee there. Excellent stuff. Matteo Bonetti gets a nomination. Yeah. Uh, at Bonetti, uh, of course, of ESPN. Uh, Red Devil Steve and United Glory 76251 led me to believe these Farmer League minnows stood no chance. We may have the ultimate Cinderella story <laughs> brewing. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, Uncle Sharma nominated me. Uh, so uh, Uncle Sharma posted this picture of a highlight from uh, La Liga. And it was really well done. Really great camera angles and stuff like that. And he's like... Uh, Hey, look at the quality of camera angles. Learn something, Serie A. So I chimed in and said, bro, Serie A can't even handle racism, nepotism, and dumb fuckeryism to handle. How can they handle more than one camera angle? They even nominated <laughs> me, so thank you. Though. Well played. Well played. <laughs> but you realize employees of the Serie A sit down are not eligible to win. But uh, <laughs> we can get nominations. So we appreciate that. That's right. Um, all right. At Milanology with an underscore. Cassie versus McTominay, Fred, and Matic. <laughs> <laughs> He was a beast in the game. He certainly was. Oh, very good. I like that. Uh, next one comes from John Solano. So first, let me show you the first tweet. The first tweet, this guy, Frank Khalid, uh, says, I was quite impressed by AC Milan midfielder Frank Kessie last night. Played really well against Man United. Wanted to know your thoughts on him and should he should Chelsea buy him? 
like he's never heard of this player before. So uh, John Solano chimes in, says, uh, I was quite impressed by a performer of the name of Beyonce that I saw yesterday evening. Wanted to know your thoughts on her and should I ask her to dinner? <laughs> Solano. Solano oh, taking, taking, taking time in between making babies with his wife to put in a singer <laughs> like that. He's He's got – he's on four now, is it? I don't know. He's better than man than me. Did I just read that he said that they're on that they're getting ready to have their fourth? Good for you. Congratulations, Good for them. John. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, he used to be Paris Snitch. Now he's God Paris bless. Chic at Snajats. Um, <sighs> greatest threat to world peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy comes through every single Ooh. time, doesn't he? Roberto Gallardini is in at 41%. Bobby Gags. <laughs> Bobby Gags. Uh, Kim Jong-un at 17, Ali Khamenei uh, at 8%, Vladimir Putin at 8%, and then G at 7%. Oh, Bobby Gags. Oh, Bobby Gags. All right, so next one comes in uh, from uh, Art Morelli. So he's uh, first he had this tweet uh, from 2019 that says, I'm at the oh, National Zoo, and I gave a little ragazzo wearing a toti shirt a high five and said, Roma merda. His mother wasn't amused. So he followed that up with a tweet this weekend saying, Proof that I have matured in two years. A boy walked past his dog, past my house, wearing a Roma shirt. And I said, you a Roma fan? He said, yes. And I said, Forza Napoli sempre. And he said, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, let's see. Uh, at That's What I Said. Uh, he's saying that he deserves an award. <laughs> this pick is too funny. Motherfuckers all over the place. Fuck y'all so happy about <laughs> That's that's our sports enter Haiti. That picture is still a classic. <laughs> that's great. Look at that. That's uh, my goodness. That's terrible. That's look at that. That's how funny guys. Are. My goodness. Anyway. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, Juve FC between uh, Cristiano Salas and his critics. Martino saying he's pointing to the spot where he drop kicked the goalkeeper Cranio. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's uh, good. At Centurion in 96, a past winner. This was uh, from Sunday from the Milan Napoli game. Uh, gutted for the pigeon. Rebic just killed after his shot that went over the bar. <laughs> that's good. I'm good was at the end here. Uh, let's see. This one, Milan season since December. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm still happy because of Frank's comment earlier, or this is just a funny video, but it's both, I think. Crash. <laughs> <laughs> big Sheik might be getting in. This might be Big Sheik's first win. It, it might be. be. It might be. Oh man, what is uh, this? Okay, I, uh, no. I, I don't. Did you nominate me here? No, what no, no. I just, I was being funny about that one. We found out that he actually did say something about the referee's mother. It does. So yeah. I, we usually just kid about that whenever somebody gets sent oh. off for an argument. All right. Uh, at A C Maruk M A R U K. I blame Elliot. Only have enough money to buy a sixteen penalties this season. <laughs> I know what's wrong with him, man. Can't afford another penalty. Uh, I don't Can know. Couldn't get, uh, 17th, huh? couldn't get the 17. Couldn't get the 17. Jerry Mancini gets one and says, uh, I would love to know what Ante Rebic said to the referee. He probably told him Nutella fucking sucks. Immediately a red card was issued to Rebic. Never disrespect Nutella, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he sponsored by them? Jerry. He's Jerry is probably sponsored by them, yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh. Let's see. 
All right, so uh, <laughs> that's Trisovich. <laughs> Milan 2020 versus Milan 2021. <laughs> I believe that's Adam Levine. You that's know, the Milan 2020. Adam Levine and You know where this comes from. You know where this comes from. What's no. it? Tancredi tweeted out a few years ago that he, that he looks like Adam Levine. Oh, I remember that. That's right. He did. <laughs> oh, my. My, my. Let's get All to right. the next one. This one's from at Gianni J. Stinson 5. <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and someone put Sputnik with Pierlo's face below it. Let's see. Oh. All right. Uh, let's. Okay. So, um, uh, <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I think it looks like Arthur is uh, nominating At Il Pandoro. Yes. Um, originally, Arturo came in. Uh, I know the. Man, I know just the man that can save Milan, and it's uh, Mike from Empire. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, and then Il Pandoro goes fixed it, and it's uh, it's, Allegri. it's Photoshop Max Allegri. So. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Oh, what else is that? The last one? No, one more, one more. All right. So this one comes in from um, <laughs> Harry AK. <laughs> So the original oh, tweet was. I, I haven't seen this one. <laughs> I haven't either. So the original tweet was: naturally mummified remains were discovered along uh, along the uh, arid Atacama Desert coast in Chile, and it says, "Man, was waiting for you to win a UCL win." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. Came in with a bang at the end. There are a lot My of goodness. good ones. We got there a pick, a man. This was ones. a good week for who won Calcio Twitter. Oh, that's Rafa, a good you, one. You, you came at a they good time, it. man. I mean, chat room, tell us what you think. <laughs> Pandoro for the win. <laughs> uh, Rafa, what you got? <laughs> Rafa, which one do you like? Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't even There's know. There's so many funny the, ones. The Milan season one was, was really... The, the car the, one, the, yeah. The Milan season with the Volkswagen was, for me, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I can't even find uh, it. The Tancredi <laughs> one was great, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Big Sheik, that's what it was. Pick, I'm going to have to pick Big Sheik. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at that one again. <laughs> <laughs> Three wheels barely hanging on. <laughs> Here comes the jump. <laughs> and they're flipped over. <laughs> oh, that's good. All that right. Good. I, I, I'm fine with our guest picking the winner and having it be Big Sheik. Huh? What do we think? Yeah, that's fine with Big me. That's sheep. fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> but sheep. honorable, yeah. honorable mention I'm to sorry, the uh, archaeology picture. Not, yeah, and Paris Niche too as well. Uh, Paris, Paris Niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love it, man. People are stepping up their game. This Who Won Calcio Twitter. It's 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 got everyone's attention. We uh, like it. All right, so Big Sheik, congratulations. At underscore Narazzuri has won Calcio Twitter. I believe is this is this win number one for him or number two? It might be two. It might be two, actually. We got to go into the archives and find and, and, and keep we track do. of this. So, um, well, so yeah. Not so the only ones that need to, to get together with the standings. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what the heck? Just, just we, make we, us winners and be done with it. I need. Yep. I need. I need. <laughs> listen, it, <laughs> it's all me, guys. It's all me. I, I uh, I've oh. updated it to week nineteen. 
uh, and we have deemed the culture guys are the winter champions. <laughs> okay, we're gonna edit this but out. Sometime, yeah. <laughs> sometime, <laughs> sometime between today and before Friday, I'll have the rest of it out. I'll have the updated standings, and uh, I'm actually working with really cool prize for the winner, so I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's gonna be pretty fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And thank you guys. Thank you very much for playing because. You know, I have so much fun doing it. I, I really do. I have fun watching everybody's, you know, perform, uh, uh, predictions and <laughs> little comments and little little jabs thrown here and there. It's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, hmm. I appreciate you guys sticking through it too. Yeah, I, our, we have not we have not been very good. We Photoshopping been... that. <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, that's so right. the Calto guys I, were I the know. winter champions, huh? I do. They were the winter champions at week 19. They were the winter champions. I'm going to pull up. I will pull up the, uh, the, the, uh, here it is right here. We're towards the bottom. Uh, right. So culture guys are in first place as of week 19. Culture guys are in first place with 28. Serie A sit down is in 12th with 15. 12th out of how one, many? One correct score, 12. I blame uh, Frank. Correct result. 100%. <laughs> but 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 that doesn't include weeks 20 to 20 what are we at 27 now <laughs> so we could be lower we could be lower we could be worse we could yeah. be lower we, we could be shalka of this, be, of this thing so <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh well with that uh again uh big chic at underscore underscore net there's two underscores you got to watch for that uh Naratsuri, congratulations you won calcio twitter this week um Hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. If you find a Calcio-related tweet on Twitter that's that's funny, use that hashtag um, so that we could have it on the board for the next uh, next episode and we can go through all of them. Please don't be offensive. Um, that's all we ask. Uh, no nudity. Um, as much as certain listeners and certain viewers would love it, uh, you know, let's try to keep it somewhat PG, but, uh, you know, cuss words have at it, uh, yeah. you know, just, just don't be offensive. No Nutella covered nudity, Jerry, Jerry Mancini. <laughs> don't give him ideas, Rafa. Oh my God. Please don't give him ideas. We already saw that one with, uh, the bath. He's already done it. Him. He's already done it. He's already yeah. done it. It's just not on camera. Thank God. Oh, he's already. Well, with uh, with the with the city, I sit down on the rails. I think we're going to put a bow on this edition, and yeah. it's time to shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to let our special guest Rafa have at it first. Rafa, plug away. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, for all us. right. So, uh, as usual, far from Vesuvius at far from Vesuvius on Twitter. Uh, you see my uh, my Twitter handle right there at Rafanopoli eighty three, but also check out at Raf Rant. So it's at R A F F R A N T. That is our new uh, Twitter handle for the Raf and Raf Rant. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, at, uh, the Raf and Raf Rant, uh, and Facebook as well. Um, yeah, it's a really cool show. Uh, Ralph Bizzaro and I uh, have so much fun doing it. We bring on a guest every Monday night, 6 o'clock, um, and we cover all the post-match Napoli. Uh, you know, uh, we, we actually even opened an 800 number for uh, our listeners to listen to, the the Napo line. So <laughs> you can call that. And, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, uh, 
find us on Twitter and support us. And we're very accessible to everybody. And uh, we appreciate everybody. And we, we take all fans. You know, we're, we're an Apple show. We'd rather have a big, diverse group. So follow us for anything you want to know about Napoli. Excellent stuff. Uh, Richard, anything to plug? I think we uh, we have a uh, – you did podcast 184 without me. Um, and Had to be done. I Yeah. I, <laughs> what is it? I, is it because I talk too much? <laughs> you finally, like, yeah, I'm doing an offshoot on my own. No, uh, I, got the place, I got the place to myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I got to find secret times in the dark. No, uh, I got to change the episode title to Laugh Out Loud because my stomach is killing me, guys. I'm laughing too much in this episode. So, uh, yeah, well, shout out to um, Joe Fischetti. Got me on his uh, Forza Napoli podcast. Uh, we, we talked, obviously, Napoli Milan before the match. Uh, good times with him. Make sure you follow him in his podcast. Uh, as well as Hater Rubani is a United fan uh, and his football masterclass podcast. They're also on YouTube as well. Follow them on Twitter, uh, anywhere else in social media. We had them. I had them on. We previewed uh, the Milan uh, United game on Thursday. The link is below in the description here on YouTube. So definitely give that a follow. Give it a check out. Uh, be much appreciated. And as always, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n. Excellent. I can be found, <clears throat> excuse me, at FTC underscore 21. Um, again, last Tuesday, uh, along with Matt Santangelo, we appeared on uh, United uh, Daily Podcast uh, to preview the tie uh, between Milan and Manchester United. Uh, so, you know, good times there. That's still up uh, on their stuff. Um, I also uh, will make an occasional appearance on Alex Donald's radio show, Man of the Match. That's on Onside Radio. Specifically geared towards uh, South Florida sports, but he does a Serie A segment, brings me on. Uh, I'm appreciative of that. want to thank Alex uh, for continuing to have me on uh, for those spots. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be on this Friday or not. I, I doubt it. It's kind of been an every other Friday thing of late, um, but we'll see. Um, and uh, you can find me at FTC underscore 21. Otherwise, uh, City, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, you can find City, I sit down. Uh, at City, I sit down on Twitter or Instagram with any comments, <laughs> questions, any who won Calcio Twitter nominees. Remember, hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. Can also find us on Facebook, although we're rarely there. Um, but, uh, Drop a note and we'll uh, we'll definitely reach out to you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, here on this YouTube channel, if uh, this was your first time catching us here on the YouTube channel, please drop a like. Please subscribe if you if you enjoyed it. Uh, the sub subscribing will get you notifications for future episodes going live, uh, so that you do not miss a city a sit down. Uh, so uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, chat, you guys were amazing. Uh, as always, you always brought it. Good to see some of you guys. Uh, Rafa, happy birthday, birthday twin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy. Likewise, you can also find Frank at Daddy Frankie. I'm everybody's daddy, daddy, daddy now. Daddy <laughs> Here's daddy. <laughs> For daddy, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning. I'm turning 46 tomorrow, daddy so there's Frankie, there's pretty I'm good right chance. <laughs> daddy Frankie and Nono Goran. What, how old? Imagine was it that? now. I'm gonna have to uh, like wear 36? like a four, 46. 46. 46. Yeah. 46. I'm turning 40. I'm I'm 46 tomorrow. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. You look. Like I kid you not. I'm turning 38 tomorrow. Yeah. I'm I'm turning 46 tomorrow. Wow. Unbelievable. You look great. 
You look great well, for, pre- for Daddy Frankie. Well, thank you. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to. Th- now I'm gonna have to do these episodes wearing a cardigan sweater and a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna that's have to okay. drink. Mateo I'm gonna Bonetti have to. I, I'm gonna have to drink the shit that Presidente from uh, 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 Milan Club Montreal drinks. What's that? That Averno with a slice of lemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nuts. That's okay though, Frank, because Matteo Bonetti has dubbed me as the leader of Vesuvius, and one day I was really considering putting on like a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a priest, a priest whatever the collar is and my fiance stopped me and said absolutely not you're gonna offend somebody so smart woman I, I understand <laughs> I get it. That's we've had someone with better hair than me on this podcast too <laughs> you know, a rarity. It, it's a rarity. this thing is the product of the shutdown the lockdown uh you know I, I i decided to go for it i've always wanted to grow my hair and it's gotten out of hand and i'm not gonna stop <laughs> good for you Rafa, we got to have you back on real soon, okay? Maybe when you guys clinch really, top. Maybe really when you guys clinch top four, and it's back. not at the expense of Milan. We'll we'll do it then. <laughs> Let's do so, it. All right, all right. Well, I want to thank Let's you. Do it. Awesome. You we know what? Before, I'm sorry. Before be, be, before you guys go, I, one one more thing. One more thing. I I forgot to plug. Uh, we are also going to uh, have a have an episode during the sh- the, the break, the FIFA break. Uh, called Nationopoly. And we're going to uh, uh, showcase Napoli players with their national teams. So mm. that does mean Insigne and possibly uh, Di Lorenzo. Um, uh, so if anybody's interested who is, you know, a Serie A fan, uh, a, a Nazionale fan, an Italian national team fan, come on over to the Roth and Roth rant. Um, we'll put out uh, announcements of when we're going to have it, but it'll be after the matches are played. We're going to look at all Napoli players with their national teams, including Lorenzo oh. Tini for Italy. So check us That'll out. That'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah awesome. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Everybody go and check that out for sure. So um, once again, chat, awesome job. Listeners, thank you very much uh, for your loyalty to us. Uh, for our special guest, Rafa, who we will have again on real soon. Uh, for Richard, I'm Frank. And as always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.